For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Morning all, Yosef Bushka and indeed his wife make the front of newspapers today. Um, his wife is making the newspapers because the Mirror says that he, she has been charged, uh, charged with withholding information that could have led to her husband Yosef Bushka's prosecution. Um, her name is Lucia Ishtkova due in court next month for allegedly failing to disclose what she knew about the murder. Uh, the killer's uh, two brothers are charged with the same offence, apparently. Pushka, of course, uh, is in prison now after sentencing last week. And there's a headline in the mirror this morning, Pushka, wife charged. In fact, it's a story that's picked up in The Sun, uh, where they say that the evil monster who killed Ashley Murphy has refused to apologise for her death. He's rotting, The Sun says, in a jail cell on his own and is getting 24-hour protection. Meanwhile, the Mail this morning quotes the Tornish to Micheál Martin saying, while on the one hand my heart goes out to Ashling's boyfriend, but free movement in and out of Ireland is the cornerstone of our democracy. Uh, yes, it is, but does it include people who are uh, already convicted of serious offences Overseas, I wonder. Anyway, the Taunister said that uh, his heart goes out to Ashling Murphy's boyfriend, but that free movement of people within Europe is a key cornerstone of the European Union. And I guess, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, not Michal Martin, maybe that comes at a risk and that there's a price to be paid for key um, cornerstones of the European Union involving free movement. He was addressing the comments actually made by Ryan Casey, Ashling's boyfriend. He made a very emotional impact statement last Friday. Uh, Pushka was handed a life sentence, as we know, originally from Slovakia, uh, came here, never worked a day in his life. Uh, he stabbed her um, 11 times in the neck as she walked along the Grand Canal. And papers this morning are suggesting that um, he had, in the weeks leading up to Ashling's murder, uh, contacted eight or nine different women across Offaly. He was in all sorts of uh, dating sites, married with five children. But anyway, back to the, back enough for me, back to the article. It says, um, Mr. Casey said that Pushka, um, he said, because of you, I'll never get to marry my soulmate. Um, and, uh, lovely lad and, and very capable of delivering a very powerful statement, Ryan Casey. He said, it just sickens me to the core that someone can come to this country, be fully supported in terms of social housing, social welfare, free medical care for over 10 years, over 10 years, never holding down a legitimate job, never once contributing to society in any way, shape or form, can commit such a horrendous evil act of incomprehensible violence on such a beautiful, loving and talented person. He said he felt Ireland had lost its innocence when such a crime could be perpetrated in broad daylight and that we need to wake up as a country and that things have got to change uh, and once and for all start putting the safety of not only Irish people, but everybody in this country who works hard, pays taxes, raises families and overall actually contributes to society and that they need to be put first. He doesn't want anyone to ever go through the kind of anguish that they're going through at the moment. So a powerful statement. Your thoughts are welcome on that. Uh, text 0868104106. And if you didn't know it, Bushka was a convicted sex offender, sex offender in his native Slovakia before he moved here and killed Ashling Murphy. Uh, he was also a person of interest in Slovakia in two assault cases involving women in two other countries before he came here and murdered Ashling Murphy. Uh, he had all sorts of profiles in different 
dating sites by all accounts uh, and the Guardian believed that the, um, the modus operandi behind that was to look up potential victims for criminal acts. So there you have it. Uh, text to 0868104106. I know I spent quite a bit on it but uh, you have to give things context when you talk about why Micheál Martin says uh, people have to be able to move freely across Europe. Uh, meanwhile, um, uh, we're looking at other issues involving uh, asylum seekers and refugees uh, on the front of this morning's mail today. Uh, refugees will still be intense over the Christmas period in Ireland and will be left out in the cold, according to the Irish uh, Daily Mail. And then uh, others who have very much also, in another kind of way, being left out of the, in the cold is the businesses down in Middleton. Those that manage to have some kind of flood insurance um, are being left in limbo. It's the front page story making the examiner today after Storm Babette. Insurance companies leaving flooded businesses in limbo. And over 30 of them um, having problems trying to get some kind of payout from their insurance companies who are treating them with absolute disdain. Apparently, the payouts are being stalled on policies damaged, sorry, because of damage, because of uh, Babette. And you know something? What a country, huh? I I don't mean to be overly negative, but front page story making the English Times this morning, uh, where the uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer is offering tax cuts for workers and for businesses. Meanwhile, front of this morning's examiner, five years of PRSI hikes. We need to raise several several billion euro because the kitty is going uh, down and the cupboard is a little bare. So they have to replenish our financial stocks. Maybe if it wasn't to do with mismanagement or misspending or squandering money. Um, we wouldn't have to do this. So what are they going to do? Well, hit workers and employers with five consecutive PRSI increases in the coming years. And that, in other words, is just paying more taxes as an employee and somebody trying to run a business. If you thought all of these crypto fraud, well, if you thought all of these scams and frauds were coming from Russia or Eastern Europe, think again. Um, They're closer to home. In fact, one of them has been busted down in Waterford by the great coppering and garda work of Waterford Gardaí. Um, the story makes the Irish Times today, and bizarrely, although it shouldn't surprise me because it's the younger generation that are seriously tech-savvy these days. So an Irish teenager is regarded as the main suspect in an investigation in County Waterford where the Gardaí um, busted a significant fraud gang involving cyber-enabled frauds. Now, um, they found a million euro worth of cryptocurrency. That's the largest ever sum of the currency seized from an organised gang of this kind in Ireland. It's smishing. And that is, if you've been getting texts and WhatsApps and messages um, claiming to be from the post office or claiming to be from a delivery company or claiming to be from eFlow or claiming to be, you know, Amazon, that you have a customs debt and they won't deliver a parcel or it could be from 3Mobile or Virgin or Sky, you know the ones, they're all scams. But funnily enough, an awful lot of people get caught in those scams. That's one that's happening out of Waterford and the Gardaí recently busted. Another guy who got busted is the swimming coach who's been jailed now for three years. He was making secret videos in his office. He's effectively spying on young girls as they were changing. He's been jailed for three years for sexual exploitation. That makes all of the papers today. And the confusion regarding McCurtain Street. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just get easily confused. I can't follow it because they're taking away all of the lanes of traffic and left one. They put on at least two, possibly three different lanes of either um, footpaths 
or cycle lanes. Not quite sure. At the moment, they're all being used for parking up in McCurtain Street. Who could blame people? I don't know what they're about. And now they're saying the McCurtain Street is returning to a two-way system. So that's the story in the Echo. McCurtain Street returns to a two-way system. Bus drivers have been trialling it for a week. Um, and then when you read into the article further, it's saying, where's the effect that it's only going to be buses that can go up and down McCurtain Street two ways. But hold on. Look at a story, same story in this morning's Examiner. McCurtain Street to open to two-way traffic and way down along, it says, where was it, where was it? Cars will also be able to travel this route, but the council is encouraging motorists to use the keys instead. <laughs> it's kind of like... <laughs> you can drive your car both ways up McCurtain Street, but we'd prefer if you didn't. <laughs> can somebody please listening explain what in the name of God is going on and what is proposed on McCurtain Street? Is it two-way? Is it for everybody? Is it for buses? If it's for buses, is it for buses with only odd numbers? What is it? It's changing. It hasn't been two ways since 1968, but what the hell is going on? Text 0868104106. Good news, actually, because we were very worried about the different nursing homes that were under the umbrella of Appery Living, Balgooli, Mallow and Bantry. Uh, The future of those nursing homes has been secured. They've been sold. They found a new group of Irish investors with a track record in nursing homes to take it over. It will also include the partially completed site in Glanmire and a site in Rochestown where they're planning to build a 100-bed unit. So that's got to be good news. And it's a story that makes the echo today. 60 years on, um, and it's... uh, an interesting story because JFK is very much connected with Cork and his ancestral home down east. This morning, Senator Lona writes in the this morning Irish Independent that today marks today the 60th anniversary of the murder of JFK. And you know what's very much in the news these days? Um, that uh, And I know it's always been there, but there's been an awful lot of interest in the last, I think, couple of years in Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, did he single-handedly shoot was there a conspiracy where he just got caught up in it? Was he a patsy? Was it him at all? Um, so there's loads of conspiracy theories and Senator Maloney drills into a lot of them this morning. There's also a lovely story in the Star today with a lot of the, the photographs on the day in Irish newspapers, including uh, the Irish Independent, the Irish Times and indeed the Cork Examiner. It was known at the time as the Cork Examiner. President Kennedy assassinated wife by his side as he has shot by a sniper's bullet. And then somebody who's in the, um, the I suppose, the, um, the line of sight of RTE is uh, Dahi O'Shea, because for the last few weeks he's been <laughs> telling everyone and anyone who wants to listen about his new hair transplant. He was on an awful lot of radio and television and newspapers and magazine interviews talking about his beautiful new um, hair transplant. But the chiefs in RTE have gone to war. They call it a rug of war. Um, and they're telling him um, that uh, he is not allowed to talk anymore about his, <laughs> about his hair transplant on television shows or any other RTE platform, which is a little bit late because all of the talking has been done already. They're very touchy-feely about presenters and influencers who work for RTE uh, talking about and flogging things on their platforms. And as they used to say for many years, a woman's place is in the home. Well, not so much anymore because the world it has changed and we're going to have a referendum on that part of the Constitution uh, next March. Apparently, it probably will happen. And this is all about gender equality, um, if you were to sum it up in two words. Women's Day is on March 8th next year. And apparently, that kind of sexist, outdated 
women's places on the home lingo will come out of the constitution. But I'd be interested to know whether or not you think it should. Text 0868 104 106. Will there be other constitutional changes down through the years, lads, I wonder? Like a 32-county Ireland. We got an opportunity yesterday to get a feel for how that might be because the um, apparently there was a social media um, post went up yesterday celebrating the culture of Northern Ireland and they used the tricolour instead of the Union Jack or the butcher's apron or call it what you will and there was murder in the north over it and there was murder in the UK as well that they can't even work out what's the proper flag for Northern Ireland but that's okay that's okay because you never know what's going to happen down the track the flag may be changing won't be the tricolour I'd say but they'll probably incorporate some kind of a flag if we all get back together again as one happy family what? Get it off your chest text the Neil Prenderville show now 086 8104 106 Red FM What do all of these areas of our beautiful city have in common right? Mayfield, uh, Grona Brauer, Dublin Hill Patrick's Hill, Holly Hill somebody says the whole of the north side, Fair Hill, Ballancolig, Knocknahini, Cathedral Road, Silver Springs, The Glen Farrenry, Dennehy's Cross, St. Luke's Patrick's Hill, Ballyvalan, Silver Heights and Carrick Navarre all of those are one words from reams and reams of texts that are received, for, received from you guys as I was coming off air yesterday. What do they all have in common? Well, I can tell you, for a long, long time, all of them have brown water coming out of the taps. And I have no idea why, because in some cases it's been going on for almost a year. Anyway, Tommy Gould, Northside TD, Sinn Féin TD, joins me. Phone. Tom, Tommy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What? And Neil, ju- just before we start in, if I could just take a couple of seconds, um, I just want to say thanks to everyone. Um, I've been unwell for the last number of weeks, and people have sent me messages of support and thoughts and prayers. Just to let people know, I'm back on the phone now and the email and my office, Kennedy Office in D, and Nick Nugent and Kenny Collins are supporting me when I'm in recovery. Uh, so just I wanted to say that because people mightn't have saw me out in the boat and they mightn't have saw me in the dial and they might have been asking why. So just to okay. let people know okay. I was out of action, but I'm back now and I suppose to my, because of the leg injury, I'm limited about getting out in the boat. And uh, actually, I say, uh, my wife can't wait for me to get back out in the boat again because she's sick of minding me, I'd say. <laughs> well, listen, I, I wasn't aware that you'd been unwell, but I hope that your health is recovering and we wish you well in that regard. Appreciate that, Neil, and thanks for, like, uh, I suppose it's great to, to, to be on with you this morning, you know, because the thousands of people who listen to you, um, they mightn't have known that either. So just to let them know, my office is open, we're on the phone, on the email, and right. they need anything. And this way, this Irish water story is so big. Uh, I put up a... I'd be Can I just say, this started yesterday with Jan, who was on the air just before we finished. She's in Mayfield. She hasn't had clean water since the early summer. But then other people were telling me that it's actually an awful lot longer than this. And more are suggesting that this is an absolute disgrace that would never be tolerated on the south side. So go ahead. You see, Neil, what's after happening here is this... We've had problems with Irish water for well over a year and I raised it in the dial and I put in questions and I met with Irish water and then it turns out that in March uh, this year the EPA published a report saying that the chemicals that were being used by Irish water weren't being stored properly and the instruments that calibrate them were out of date. And then we also found out that in October 2020 
I use water made an adjustment the chemicals they use in preparing um are putting into the water and what that's done for people who are home listening to us now this morning, all the pipes have a kind of a layer inside them that um it's kind of like a layer that protects the water as it goes through. But what happened was the overuse of this chemical last year took away that layer and exposed the rust of the pipes, the lead pipes that are in the system. And I believe, and I, I've been fighting with Irish Water for this, we've been raising with us, they told us that the problem would be fixed. They said that over time, the, the protective layer would go back. But like, I put up a post a day and a half ago about this because I'm meeting Irish Water on Friday. It's actually my first meeting back after being out and it's so serious I'm meeting them this week. Okay. And 200 people have come to me and I just spoke to the office there before coming on and it's even go closer to 300. We can't keep up with the amount of people who are contacting us. Okay, okay, but, we, but is it, wait a second. Does that mean that there's a potential health risk that maybe these lead pipes are also... Is there lead in the water that people have been drinking? Well, we've always had an issue in Cork with lead pipes because the pipes in Cork are so old that there's a lead pipe replacement programme on the way that will take years. When I was in City Council, I just kept going on about this because I think it's a disgrace that we have so many lead pipes. So were were people getting boiled water notices or were they being told, don't drink the water or what? You see, maybe that's the problem. There's no communication from Irish Water. I believe that um, this is a public health issue. People are drinking brown water. And what you have a situation is sometimes the water, when the water is completely brown or black coming out of your tap, it's obvious. But a lot of times there's a tint of brown in it. And for me, that's completely... I've seen water that doesn't have a tint. It's almost black. Oh, Neil, I can I say this now. I think it's a serious public health issue. And I think Irish Water, and, like what I'm looking for Irish Water now is to have a plan because people are contacting me. Uh, there's people who are having to buy water in Cork City. They're buying water but, so they can make tea, okay. they can make bottles for their kids. And I did a lady answer me yesterday who was a business. She said the damage it has caused the whole business, washing machines and other equipment that use water. And she says she's getting no um, uh, response from Irish Water. Okay, okay. Well, I, I was on. To, we were on to Irish Water yesterday. They said that they would try and get us some kind of a response to us by this morning. Let me say at this hour of the morning, I still haven't heard back from Irish. Oh, I think they may have just been in touch. I'll see what they have to say. Uh, we, no, they haven't been in touch, actually. They haven't been in touch. Um, but one emailer from Irish Water, who's a worker, says, when Irish Water joined the new water main to an old existing water main, which would supply most of Cork City, and started to pump water through it, they noticed that the water was hard and it needed to be softened. In order to do this, they added a chemical, but they added too much of the chemical. Yes. And as a result of this, when the chemical got into the old water main, it stripped all the rust and the gunk off the old main, and the rust and the gunk could only go one place, and that was into the water system. That is why the water is constantly discouraged. Or sorry, discoloured, I I should say. I think that description is exactly what happened, and we know that happened last October 2022. And like I raised this with Irish Water, and I asked them, 
what plan are they putting in place to solve this? Like, I have people on to me now and they're so angry and frustrated that they can't turn on the taps in the morning. So what are they doing? Are they buying the big bottles and the big plastic bottles of water, yeah. is it? The, the five-litre drums and things like that. That's right. And people, like, and this is an expense for people. And the problem is, Irish water or say nothing. Like, I made a point to Irish water when I met them. They should be coming on to your show in the morning and it should be part of your news programme or maybe part of your yeah, information to people. Delighted, but they're, the they're, yeah, well, they haven't. I, I didn't know it was as bad as it was till yesterday when I saw all of the text flooding in from all over. Why, though, isn't it affecting the south? Well, I mean, parts of the south side are in the sense of, you know, I did get texts in from places like, like Balancholic and areas like that. But why is it primarily a north side problem? I, I think the reason is because the the plant is down in the Lee Road and they're pumping from there probably up to Nakahini to the water tower and then it's coming down from there. And what we think is that the when they put in too much chemical, the first pipes it got to, it completely took the lining out of them. Now, that's only me guessing, but talking to people who work in the water services, uh, people who are on the ground, but it also goes to show me, well, when oil water services were part of Cox City Council, you had local workers with local knowledge who knew what they were doing, right? And then it goes to Irish Water, they're bringing in contractors, uh, they're not listening to the local knowledge, and they, we never had this problem until Irish Water. Okay, seeing another, vi- yeah, seeing another video here now. Water pouring from my tap in Merview Lawn and Balavalan. It's been like this for years. It's like as if it's gravy pouring from the tap. And Neil, like, what do people do? What do people do when they're getting up the morning trying to have a shower, trying to get their kids to school, trying to get lunches, and they're, they're turning on the tap? You can't have a glass of water. It, it, it's an absolute disgrace. And Irish water, I think, are getting away with murder here. Like, what we're saying to them on, on Friday, and what I said, we can't keep up with the amount of reps. My office, I have two members of staff now and they're struggling to keep up with the amount of phone calls and emails right. we're getting. Things are so bad. Okay, okay. I'd love to talk to them on the air and again, I would encourage them to get back on and we're ringing them this morning and everything. We just have to wait and see what they have to say in the matter. But what will, what will resolve this? I'm not sure. We need a solution. Like, why, why, why not put the correct people? amount of chemicals and whatever. I mean, I even, I even hate the idea of the word chemical going into drinking water, but why don't they just get the balance right? See, the problem no need is the damage is done. The lining inside is gone. Pipe, okay. Uh, it's gone. So that's the issue. How do they get the lining back and get the water back to normal? Because a lot of people know, even where the water is clean, are telling me they're getting a different taste off the water. And even though it looks clean, they're still buying bottled water because they don't trust it. Well, maybe that's why there's no boiled water notice because it possibly is, you could get lead poisoning from it. Well, Neil, that problem's been there for years and we've said that and there seems to be no urgency of the government to deal with this. You don't want to be drinking rust particles. How how old are those lead pipes? Do they go way back? Yeah, some of them are 100 years. Okay. okay. Some of them are 100 years. But even if that, like, you see, like, you see there in Blackpool okay. and Cadiz Road where pipes are broken and burst open 
because the, the, the whole system is so old. But what we need, like people should be able to turn on their tap and have. Oh, listen, drink. without a doubt, and I didn't know it was as bad. I thought it was just isolated yesterday morning, but then the floodgates open. If you'll pardon the pun, and it's all over the place. All right, let, let's see if we do get a response from uh, Irish Water uh, and uh, cross that bridge when we come to it. Thank you, Tommy. Glad you're uh, back Steve. on your feet again. Nice one, Tommy Gould. Uh, meanwhile, Michael, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Did you want to add to this? It's a, it's an absolute yeah, um, disgrace. Yeah, I'd like fair play to Tommy, and I hope he's he's doing well. And um, he's actually nailed every point I was going to make <laughs> and more. So uh, well done to him. Um, but yeah, I can just kind of verify the same thing. And even when I heard the text there yeah, yesterday from your from your caller or the call, or whatever. Yeah, it was, Jan was on um, the air yesterday. I, I just kind of yeah. did the maths on it, so. She's showering next same door thing, and getting yeah. the water from the neighbours and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so it's the same. I noticed the water getting dirty around last year, so it was around October, so over a year now. So I installed the water filter on my mains coming into the house. Just thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's something I already had and I was meaning to do it, but like that, the water kept getting dirty. So it's a good opportunity to put it in. It seemed to solve the problem. Great. Um, I just kind of looked back over my, my mats on it. I replaced the filter in March. I replaced it in August, replaced it in October, and it needs to be replaced in August. No, that shouldn't be. That filter should yeah. be. You should get 12 months out of that, at least. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they reckon about six six to 12 months, depending yeah. on the yeah. area and condition. So, and where do you um, live? Farnery, is it? Farnery area, okay. yeah. And if you didn't have filters, it would be as black as coal. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. You know, again, a lot of people, you know, um, they you know, they, they've been having the same problem, but it, the same thing, I thought it was maybe just a problem with my line or something, or, you know, it's... It you is know, you get a all across the yeah. north side and also you areas that are serviced on the south side as well, over in Ballancolin. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you forgive a random problem, you know, to repair and pipe or whatever. But, yeah, when you kind of look back on it, no, it's consistent, it's constant. There's the health worry then, you know, the kids in the bat, you top and look the bat and all of a sudden... That's the water disgusting. turns brown. That's disgusting. You know, Absolutely. you want yeah, to get dinner ready in the evening time, and all of a sudden, water's brown again. So, what I do actually, you do? You, do, you have big, do, you, do you buy bottled water or what? No, no. Well, you see, I replaced the filter, so that seems to keep it okay for me. But, like, even with my wife, you know, like topping up the kids' water bottles, I say, always check it, don't. Don't just fill up the yeah, bottle. Yeah, but a lot of people would have taps that they. A lot of people would have taps yeah. in houses that wouldn't be able to attach a filter. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You know, so I'm I'm annoyed already. I couldn't imagine what anyone else is is True. going through. Okay, if, right. you know, I can like I can go down to Goodies now, about fifteen hours for the filter, and I can replace that this morning. And you know, I can be kind of confident that it's all right. But like the, the issues Tommy's raised there with the lead pipes, and you know, maybe I I thought it was okay. Maybe, maybe it's not so Irish Water need to, to answer it really you okay, know what? okay I'm waiting response okay yeah. thank you Michael appreciate it that email actually from the Irish Water Worker says um, I'm writing you to regard the situation regarding the discoloration of our water in lots of areas of Cork City both north side and south side says the Irish Water Worker Irish Water have built a new treatment plant water treatment plant on the Lee Road Irish Water ran a new water main from Ballancolig across the Lee Fields under the river and into this new plant so when they join the new water main to the old existing water main which would supply most of Cork City and they started pumping water through it they noticed that the water was hard needed to soften it added a chemical added too much chemical got into the old water mains and stripped all the rust and the gunk off the pipes 
uh, and it could only go one way and that was into the water system. That is why our water is constantly discoloured. Now, in my opinion, Irish Water, he says, should have immediately issued the people of Cork City with a boil water notice, but they haven't because they'd have to admit they got it badly wrong. Back to the phone lines we go. Teresa, good morning. Morning. So this is, is okay. Let, let's see how many areas of the south side then, shall we? Go ahead. Yeah, well, this, I'm living in Mahan and um, I have dirty water every morning. I get up and turn on the tap and it's dirty. And I've uh, been on to the Irish water and they said they're work. They know about it for how long? They're working on it. Oh, I mean, like myself, my neighbour have been on back to work, but they said loads of other people have rang, have rang in the area. So I'm not the only one that. But told you, me. you know this dirty water. How long have you had it? It's going on me for about three years. I oh, think for maybe three. more. What? And, and, now, and, and if you run it long enough, does it run clear then? It does, but like you could be fifteen minutes sometimes trying to run it. Oh my god! But I'm just highlighting that this okay. is just not the north side; it's the south side as well. Have it, you know what I mean? We're all having it. I think that when so, they run when they run their taps in the north side in areas that have listed already. And they run it for fifteen or twenty minutes. It doesn't run clear. I mean, I, well, that's that's yeah. of little consolation. I find it's first thing in the morning, really. So I try to fill my kettle at night, but sometimes you forget. You get up in the morning, you fill your kettle, you go, "Oh God, the water is probably dirty." And I have to start all over again with the running business. So <laughs> it's very frustrating. And I rang them only last week, and they told me that there was others all right after. Well, all I want up. to yeah, all I want to know from Irish Water is how are they going to resolve it. And when are they yes, going to resolve it? Exactly. It's two simple I mean, questions. It has to be sorted, really. Okay, We're going thanks on for that. Too long. All right, thanks, thanks Teresa. Take care. Okay. Anyway, the Irish Water Worker says local authority water workers tried to warn City Council and warn our unions about the consequence of letting Irish Water take control of water, but it fell on deaf ears. And now we, the citizens of Cork, are having to put up with dirty water flowing from the taps and the people to blame is Irish water. I flagged it with politicians who now need to get Irish water reps into a room and demand answers. Don't give up my details because I have seen how whistleblowers are treated in this country. So that is, if you like, a whistleblower from inside Irish water. Meanwhile then, uh, another text then, or sorry, an email from John down in Cove. He says, what's the water like down in Cove, John, I wonder? Neil, what do people expect? They stopped Irish water from doing their job in the first place when they were originally set up. They refused to fund the company so they could have clean water. We all know our water system is banjaxed, lead pipes corroding, leading to breakages across the network, resulting in gallons upon gallons of wasted water. You, you know, as a broadcaster, have a duty of care to your listeners to tell them that they can't have their cake and eat it. You can't just magic up clean water. Now people are paying the price for the mass protests having to buy bottled water weekly. If they left Irish Water do their job in the first place, they'd be paying less than what they are now paying for bottled water. And they'd have less of an impact on the environment with all of the plastic waste they're generating with their bottled water, says John. John, I think you forget one very important point. I don't think anybody in any problem with Irish Water and a kick-ass water service and clean water. What people had a big problem was having to pay extra for it. That was what that protest was all about. Um, and, you know, it's it's all very well to be saying that people are the fault for it. But I think it's been acknowledged that it was some kind of a cock-up with regards to chemicals put into the water and too much chemical being put in and it stripped everything off the pipes and it made the old pipes then, lead pipes, um, 
uh, much more dangerous uh, because uh, you, know, you didn't have whatever kind of protected layer, I'm told, was, was on the pipe in the first place. So I am told that at some stage, Iris Water said, we will try and get something, we will try and get something over to you ASAP. Uh, as of yet, nothing. Um, there was also loads of money being spent on the setup of Irish Water and everything. It was like millions and millions and millions. Remember all of that stuff with the, all the consultancy fees and money being used for all sorts of different reasons in the setup. People got very angry about it. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Also remember all the consultancy fees back in the day that people were really angry about. Over 86 million euro was spent on consultants when they were trying to set up the state-sponsored company in charge of the water services. The whole thing just got completely out of control. It went completely banana Back to the phone lines we go. Stephen, good morning. Morning, Neil. Okay, and the more we talk about it, the more areas come into our net of brown water. Where are you? I'm down by the Mercy Hospital on Court Street. Okay, what's it like? It's it's off. It's never white. It's never clear, I should say. Um, it's been kind of brown. Some days very brown, you know. Uh, other days then, like, you'd hardly notice it, but if you put it in a clear glass, obviously, you'd, you'd see it. Like, like you wouldn't... It's, you're not capable of washing... Drinking, cooking with it. Your clothes comes out yellow, like on the washing machine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so, um, yeah. what do you do for what do you do for drinking water? Are you buying bottled I water? Buy it. I buy it all the time, like you know. I I wouldn't drink it at all, like. Um, but I had a suggestion there. The citizens in Cork got together, and I know the environmentalists weren't like this now. But if we had a let it run day, and everybody ran their coal tap, like for one thing. I know for that it would clear the system because it has to run off at some stage, you know. Um, but, um, but Irish Water can't say that, you see, because it goes against environmentalists, you know, to be up for. What Are you suggesting people keep their taps running for 24 hours? or 12, Is it? Yeah, yeah, 24 hours. We'll have to let it run there. I mean, I, like, it's just as a kind of, as a protest, number one, and as a way of getting clear water, number two, you know. Because I, I used to work for a plumber. My father was a plumber, and um, like if we if we were in a, a new build now, like and and like the first run of the water, like would you know pick up a bit of dirt along the way, you run it all up and it's clear. Yeah, so, I just am cu- I'm just thinking to myself as you're saying that that like morally, I don't know would that be um, you know water is a very 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 important source of um, oh, you know survival for mankind it's a, thank you it's a precious commodity and I'm wondering yeah. even as a protest to waste it like that when, when others don't have water or have to travel many many miles uh, for water yeah the alternative then Neil is that we're, we're drinking water that's not good for us you know I mean lead poisoning used to be a big issue back in the day a hundred years ago people used to Used to actually go into a coma from lead poisoning. Oh, you'd go, you go, you go insane from it. Oh yeah, but I mean that, that's why they have um, that's why people had a wake because sometimes this person going to such a coma that the doctor would, would declare them dead. They'd be laid out in the kitchen just in case they woke up. Is that right? That there was a wake, Absolutely. so that you delayed the burying process by having a Absolutely. wake in case they sat up. And that was all because all drinking utensils were built out of lead, made out of lead. Our, our old pipes are lead, but they had some coating yeah. on them. I don't know how they managed right. to get. I don't know what the story is. It's just chemical noise. After listening, they're coating. Like that's that's 
you know, that's the issue. Like, that's why there's such silence. That's why you can't get communication from Irish Water. Like. So we're actually in big trouble here. Um, and uh, Irish Water have a big headache that they... They must have a big headache wondering how are they going to solve this because all of the pipes now which are lead are exposed. They were, over, they were heavy-handed with that chemical. Like, you know, there's going to be an inquiry about it down the road. But, and did but, you know um, this for a long time that is it irreparable no, damage I, to I, our water I pipes? Suspicion. I had my suspicions. We used to take out lead. We used to replace the lead with copper and um, and plastic, you know. the um, When the plastic pipes came out, we, we used them. Like, you know, so all the lead had to be taken out. And sometimes then an old lead main would have to stay in situ and um, it would have to be checked, basically, to see if there's anything, uh, any contamination from it. Okay, so lead and copper were the pipe networks originally, was it? Yeah. And now and yeah. now it's more of a heavy-duty plastic tubing, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. all, all that, the tubing, no. Um, copper, like, it wasn't an issue, really, like, you know, if anything, copper would probably be good for you, like... But uh, with lead, definitely not. Lead is poisonous. So what? What is it? What's going to happen now if this chemical has literally stripped all the protective coating to protect your health off the pipes of our water system? Well, and and well, it's, it's like it's a spaghetti junction of water pipes under the wa- under the roads and absolutely. put that put. That's absolutely all the old neighbourhoods so around what, the city. So how do you how do you they, fix this? Like a lot of the lead mains have been replaced, but not all of them. Like you know. There's still have an awful lot of work to do, and what, that's exactly what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to lift all the old lead mains. It's going to cost millions. Uh, it's going to cause, you know, cause disruption in the city and all that, you know, traffic waste. But you know, it, it, it's going to have to be tackled. And I think that what brought it to, to the forefront is, is this chemical that was overdone, like you know, whoever. Somebody and did this chemical do irreparable damage? Um, I wouldn't think so. I, I believe it could be, it can be flushed, but they're going to have to do the replacement as well, like you know. But I think, like I'm, I'm saying it as a protest, but I think they're going to have to suggest that somewhere down the line, Irish Water themselves, you know, to leave. Like, because I mean, if I was living in Norway, my water was black, like I would just leave my tap on. Like, yeah, okay. I'm not sure that that's working for people, though. I, I think they are doing I that. Know. I don't think that's working yeah. for people. But but it's not even it's not even the fact that it's untreated or brown or it's got gunk in it it's the it's the it's the exposed lead pipe in which it's been delivered like that's a that's yeah. a danger like yeah and like that coating that you speak of there um if the chemical lifted that off like no there's no protection with the water running through there you know and some areas have hard water and some areas have soft water as you know yeah and i believe that the um the hard water areas will probably do more uh, damage. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm awaiting some... It's not a statement I want from Irish Water, incidentally. It's a spokesperson, so if that happens, well and good. Um, I wouldn't be holding my breath. Uh, but anyway, Stephen figures that uh, everyone should keep their taps running for 24 hours as a form of protest. What do you make of that proposal? Uh, text 0868104106. Cork's biggest conversation is here. The Neil Brenderville Show is on Cork's Red FM. People are really patient and very tolerant, those that have been putting up with this for many, many a long time. Some case six months, some 12, some 18 months, some two, some three years. Uh, but certainly the last year or maybe a little less than a year, that's when the big problem occurred, according to our whistleblower within Irish Water. More on that and lots more besides after 10. And do remember, we're into day three of our giveaways in association with Celtic Interiors. Remember, I know we're talking about Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all of these kind of things and online shopping, but it's very important to be 
be uh, supporting as we head into Christmas the bricks and mortar shops. Many of them have their own online presence as well, but it's important to shop local if at all possible, not just in the city, but in the suburbs and the county and the villages and towns, particularly Uh, A lot of attention should be given to the retailers reopened down in Middleton. But anyway, courtesy of ourselves and Celtic Interiors, we have another deluxe hamper to give away this morning. And don't forget, on Friday morning's programme, a €2,000 spend in Celtic Interiors on whatever you wish. They do uh, create, uh, they create fully bespoke, handmade, great quality kitchens here on Leaside at St. Patrick's Woollen Mills in Douglas. Back after 10. Now... Show. Red FM. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Just one call on this for now. Then I just want to revisit some texts from emails from yesterday's program on different topics and then back to a lot of stuff related to this morning again. I promise you that. If you have a story to share, incident, a story to share, incidentally, indeed, like that uh, worker did from Irish Water, I will never give out people's personal information regardless who asks for it. If you ask me not to share, I never will. Uh, Anyway, if you thought it was just a north side issue with regards to this shocking water for a long period of time, now you know the reasons why, how this happened with regards to this overuse of some chemical that stripped the pipes uh, and took all the gunk off and um, delivered it into our water system. Uh, It's not just a north side phenomenon. Alan, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are you? Just by way of illustration, where are you living? Uh, I'm on the Boring Manor Road, Neil, and our water has been shocking for ages. So uh, it's at least once a week, really. It goes orange, brown. You have to run the water before, like, you turn on the washing machine. Um, We've had loads of... If you didn't, what colour would the the clothes have come out? Yellowy, manky. Yeah, we've had uh, lots of clothes that have come out like that and have been destroyed. So I've been on to Irish Water several times, and um, they just say, you know, the engineers need to come out and flush the pipes. But the only recommendation they give to me is to run the water for 15 minutes, which I do. But, you know, thank God we're not being charged for a volume of water or else I'd have a huge bill. Yeah, I mean, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of the argument way back in the day as water being, um, you know, a very, very important. Yeah. yeah, conserve it. It's important. It's not, you know... We, we we don't have unlimited supplies of it, but you could have fooled me. The amount of rain we get. But yet they're encouraging people to... But that doesn't... Is, is, like, that's that's not a fix to the problem. You know, that... No, no, it never fixes it. Um, it's normally about 24 to 48 hours afterwards that uh, it's resolved. Um, now, the last time it happened, I did... Uh, not next door as well and the same issue is with them you know so I know, um, I know, I know. I, it just seems the system is uh, very old fashioned and I don't know what they're going to do to try and fix it but like we don't even use the tap water anymore now we bought one of those filters and we just filter every time we use the tap water, even when it's clear. Mm. Okay, okay. Appreciate that. Thank you. And that's on the south side. I did get a response. Can we please go back to Irish Water again and ask for a spokesperson? Because this statement is just way too long to be read out on air. It's just insane. I'd have to read it in advance. It's just been put in my hand. Like, what we really need to do is to talk to somebody uh, and show the people of Cork a bit of respect, please, by putting forward a human being to answer questions, explain what's going on, rather than this unbelievably lengthy statement 
I could call it gobbledygook, but I won't because I haven't read it yet. Um, but I will endeavour to do so throughout the course of an ad break. So um, it would be much better. What's happening with the world now that everything is just statements and it's almost impossible now to speak to a human being anymore. Anyway, text 0868104106. I'll come back to it. Yesterday, um, one of the topics that came up yesterday was um, zebra crossings, pelican crossings, uh, traffic lights, uh, pedestrian crossings and stuff like that because a lad got knocked down using a zebra crossing. And it started a big debate as to who has right of way. Like, for instance, hi, Neil, people need to realise that zebra crossings don't give pedestrians right of way. You need to have lights there for pedestrians to have priority. Well, if there were a pedestrian crossing, then there would be lights there and it would be the green man and the red man and then the three lights for motor cars and when the turns green, you walk across. But you would not just you wouldn't not look left and right even if you had the green man, right? You would still check because you'd be an idiot if you didn't. Now, kids might dart across roads, I know that, but maybe they're lacking common sense because of their age, but nobody would just say, there's the green man I don't have to look because you could have a driver who was racing against an amber or an orange uh, and you'd get hit. So the same rule should apply with zebra crossings, right? Uh, you might have the flashing yellow ball and all that, but it doesn't mean that you can just barrel across the road without checking. You need to check first. Otherwise, there is the potential for you to be hit by a car. So what they say is you do not have a right of way over traffic until you step onto a crossing. But you must never step onto a crossing in such a way as to cause a driver to brake or swerve suddenly. Like, you'd hardly start to walk if a car was speeding towards you. I mean, you'd use common sense, wouldn't you? They're not the best lit things in the world, to be quite honest with you, particularly at night time. You can understand why people get hit. Um, but anyway, according to the RSA, drivers should stop to let you cross by slowing down as they approach all crossings and then stop behind the stop line if there is one. Drivers are obliged to always check the footpaths and the approaches to a zebra crossing. You, you just have to, like, you, it changes your life, not to mention the person that you've hit. You could kill them. But your life would not be the same if you're a motorist and you hit a pedestrian. Think about that. Uh, anyway, to cross safely at a zebra crossing, you must always watch carefully for approaching traffic. You must place one foot on the crossing to indicate that you wish to cross. Never, ever see anybody doing that. It... it uh, some might say that that's a step too far. You should just stand there and then they'll know that you want to cross. But technically, you're supposed to put one foot on the crossing as in down off the pavement onto the actual zebra crossing. You've got to wait until it's stopped before you start to cross. And where there's a central island, you must treat each side as a separate crossing. All right. There was an old one before. There was an ad that Brendan Grace did, which was the safe cross code we get the audio for that again, if you don't mind, just to remind people. Morning, Neil. Pedestrians need to cross at traffic lights and zebra crossings. But many, many times people cross a couple of metres away from them, particularly uh, with traffic and it's busy traffic. There is sometimes they're in dark clothing. People walk where there is no footpath. They walk against the traffic. Where's the common sense? It's not being used by people. Uh, drivers can't second-guess people's movements, you know, all of the time. Drivers do need to slow down and take care, particularly in busy areas, and there are too far too many accidents on our roads. Electric scooters don't even start, should not be on the road. They never wear helmets, they're always in dark clothes. Some have lights, but not all of them. And us drivers don't always see them until it's the last minute or indeed sometimes until it's too late. Morning, the pedestrian crossing going into Mahan is lethal. 
I never presume a car will stop, but usually when I'm halfway across, the second car I need to stop, to, sorry, the second car I need to stop to let me cross won't stop. That makes no sense to me, unfortunately. Um, this needs to be approved. Um, actually, that Maham Point crossing, I did hear of a kid knocked down there. Um, so bear that in mind. Um, your previous caller was so right from yesterday's programme. It's very important for drivers to be more aware of pedestrians this time of the year when it's dark so early. People are distracted or they're in a hurry with Christmas shopping. Uh, look at it this way. A pedestrian will rarely harm a driver, but the driver will almost always injure the pedestrian. I recently sat the driver theory test again for a new category of licence and it did me good after nearly 30 years of driving to refresh my knowledge. Among the things I've learned, the most important and valuable was that drivers must always be vigilant, watch out for and give right of way to pedestrians. Slow down automatically at blind corners, shops, schools, zebra crossings. How much extra time will it realistically take you on your journey? Imagine as a driver living with the guilt if you hit a child. I think there's responsibility, common sense and protocols for both the motorists and the pedestrians. And neither should forget. But anyway, years ago, there was this uh, television advert called the Safe Cross Code. Brendan Grace did it. We often had great laughs on the air, myself and Brendan Grace, about this. And we used to sing it together whenever he was on the air or in studio. This was it. Well, this should be it. No, it ain't happening. Know the code. Hang on. One, two, there it is. Three. Remember, One. look for a safe place. Two. Don't hurry, stop and wait. Three. Look all around and listen before you cross the road. Remember, Four. let all the traffic pass you. Five. Then walking straight across you. Six. Keep watching, that's the safe cross code. Safe place, stop and wait. Safe place, stop and wait. Safe ground, look around. Listen for a traffic sound. The traffic's coming, let it pass. Until the road is clear at last. They're walking straight across the road. Keep watching, that's the road. Remember, look for a safe place. Don't hurry, stop and wait. Look all around and listen before you cross the road. Remember, let all the traffic pass you. Then walking straight across you. Keep watching, that's the safe cross code. That's the safe cross code. The Child on the side knocked down at a zebra crossing over the weekend. That had nothing to do with zebra crossings, incidentally. That was just teaching people how to cross the road where there was no zebra crossing or no pedestrian crossing, how to get across a road looking left and right and what have you. Zebra crossings are different. Talking yesterday as well on the air about, um, you know, remarking about people's weight. It was an interesting call from... A listener who said that uh, nobody should ever remark on somebody else's weight because they feel guilty enough about it. It is rude and none of your business. Just listening to you on about weight, I'm overweight and have been all my life. One thing that made me so mad was when people would say to me, God, are you eating for two? Or they would say, you're so puffy. One thing that will never go from my head is when my mother told my children that people were laughing at me because of my size. It's very hard, I can tell you, being overweight. Those comments that were made to you are just not 
nothing short of cruel. My little girl, who has a brain condition, uh, was a good weight and very slim. She went from being skin and bones from drugs to putting on five pounds a month from the drugs and now she get mo- gets mocked at school. It is not nice. She's overweight and it's affecting her mental health. Please don't give up my details and I wish people could be kind. I know, and we need to teach that kindness to children that she's not being bullied in school because the impact is devastating. Uh, I bet it's all women saying, um, you know, leave the guy who wants to tell his partner that she's put on too much weight. But I can tell you, nobody wants to be fat, really, Neil, even if they say they don't care. My advice is just to tell them if their partner is gaining weight, speak up. When they lose the weight, they'll be glad of the truth and they'll thank you for it. Um, So let's stay with that. This is a partner who's not attracted. This is a man who's not attracted to his partner anymore because she's put on weight. I don't think it's unfair of this man to admit to being not attracted to his partner. He didn't begin his relationship with her being overweight. He can't help it if he's not attracted to the extra weight. He's not saying he doesn't love her. It's just that he would prefer if she was in shape again. It's not unreasonable in my opinion. Uh, as a woman who has put on weight since I got married a few years ago, I know I'd be I'd like to be slimmer myself and that my husband would prefer if I was. At the same time, I know he loves me but we both encourage each other to lose weight. I don't think telling him to leave the relationship as people are is a reasonable response. He's merely saying he doesn't like extra weight, he doesn't find it attractive. Really, Neil? Ask yourself the question, who does like it? One or two more. Regarding the comments on personal appearance, it isn't just overweight people who receive comments about their appearance. I'm six foot one, and out to my late 20s, I was naturally very thin. Not anymore, though. I constantly get comments, and if it's not about my weight, it would be about my height. I have friends who are balding, and they're constantly getting personal comments, often disguised as supposedly funny jokes. So I think overweight people really have to stop being so precious. There will always be people who comment on others, and it's usually to make themselves feel better because they're so insecure in themselves, says Anthony. Right. Um, nutrition is simple, Neil, for people overweight. Stay away from processed food. Stay away from sugar. Eat real food. Get exercise. Then there will be no need for diets, says Stephen. Uh, what's crazy for a type 2 diabetic is stress. I'm a type 2 diabetic. I went up nearly 20 stone when I was diagnosed. I was told that it was probably type 2 a diabetic and that I had it for at least five years. If you want to reverse type 2 diabetic, start moving. Start walking. The meds and the diet are grand, but moving and exercising is the key. So just one more now, um, just generally on watching what you say. I can't believe people can get so upset because someone comments on their weight. I remember a girl on television and she was totally insulted because people would ask her where she was from. Neil, I think it had something to do with her being black. If you, as an Irish person here, have a strange accent, we would ask you where you're from. This could be from another Irish person. Um, Why are people so upset? Because someone may say something. They just make a song and dance over it. If you're a stranger, you come to Ireland. If you don't want to be asked where you're from, please stay in your own country. (laughs) It's the Irish way. We ask where you're from. I don't care if what colour skin you are or anything in between. I have a relative. I asked a relative living in America after all the years he's been over there. If people would still ask him where he's from because he still has a very strong Cork accent. I can't understand why people get so upset because someone may pass a comment. 
if this is making people upset, wait until something actually bad happens to you. They'll need to see a counsellor for the rest of their life. Sticks and stones, have a great day. I know, that's fine, that's fine. But if you are overweight and you constantly have to live with people poking at you, saying you're overweight, you need to mind yourself, you put on a few pounds or things like that and you already know it Um, it's got to be upsetting Uh, it's embarrassing as well Um, others might suggest it might be motivating though and could be a way maybe to encourage people to lose weight so anyway your thoughts are welcome text 0868104106 lots more on those texts and emails let's get back to our phone lines for now Rose good morning Morning, All right, so this is not. I only heard the very end. Yeah, this well, originally, originally, I just thought it was isolated. Then I realised that it's right across the entire north side, and the more we talk about it, it's the south side as well. So there's chaos. Oh my goodness, we've had it for months. I'm in the Glasheen area and I have I've nearly now a direct line to Irish Water and my neighbours. Not alone is the is the brown water, but there's a lot of sediment in the water, which sometimes if you just fill the kettle we're all sort of looking, you know? And then if you empty it out the end but you say, Oh my god, I drank that you know, yeah. sometimes if it isn't very dark you don't know until you put it into maybe a white, something white that you realise there's sediment and it's off colour. And it cannot be good for your health. I have rang loads of times. I've got a number then to quote back if the problem isn't resolved, which I did several times, and my neighbours. Nothing has been done. Clothes have been ruined in the washing machine. And I, 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 at this stage now, I'm buying bottled water. And I've been doing it for quite a while. I'm just reading. I, can't I, just, get an I, I am listening to yeah. you. I am listening to you, but I'm reading the Irish Water statement as well, which is uh-huh. just like a mini novel. It's so long. It's like reading an entire newspaper or a small. And every book. time you ring, it's like as if they never heard it before. That's what bugs me. You know, it's like as if it's a new thing that they never heard of before, and they say run the taps, run the cold water taps. But you're probably talking to a call centre that have a list of answers to questions in front of you. Just this is what you tell them. And it's the same thing over and over. And when I think of the water that I alone is that I'm wasting, running all these taps and all my neighbours, and it's been going on for months. Okay, you might be happy to know that part of this statement actually says to all of the people that have been calling and contacting this morning that this issue with the water is only impacting a small number of customers in Cork City. <laughs> well, there's a large number here, I can tell you alone, and from what I, from what you've just said, now there's people in other parts of the city. Without impacted. a doubt, both sides of the city, but primarily yeah. north of the border, north of the of the river. Okay, let me take an ad break and read the, le- the rest of this and come back and, uh, I'm not reading it all out, lads, I've just taken a yellow highlighter to it, back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106, Red FM. I'll jump back to other stories throughout the course of the morning. Remember I was telling you last week about the fellow went into Kiri's and he uh, got himself a car and was supposed to put down a €4,000 deposit and then make monthly payments and off you go for three years. It turned out he took the car away, drove off and then they realised he actually hadn't put €4,000 transfer into the account. He put €4, legged it with the car and ultimately drove it off to Poland. It did come back eventually. Anyway, we heard of another one overnight. Uh, with another character who supposedly is, uh, is is somebody from Cork and it does involve trying to purchase motor cars and what have you. In this case, it's up in County Meath and the dealership is Ashburn Motors and it's owned by Nadia Adan and she posted this actually in fairness to her to warn people as to what it must be like these days I mean to make sure you check everything with people who are trying to buy motors for you, from you and she joins me by phone. Nadia, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are I'm you? I'm great, How's girl. Fun? I'm great. Thanks for taking the call. So this, Come here. yeah. First of all, sorry, it's Ashford Motors in County Wicklow, Neil, but it's very early, so I let that one go. My <laughs> apologies. I did <laughs> ask for wrong. it to be checked, and all I heard was Ashburns in County Mead. So my apologies. I actually know your dealership, Nadia, and I, I, I keep an eye on what you're selling. You have beautiful oh, stock. In fairness, thank you yeah. so much, Neil. Thank you very much. Okay. I have good news as well this morning. I have an update. The Cork Swindler has been apprehended this morning. Okay, well give so us the give us the backstory yeah. to it anyway. You you, you okay. do know him to be from Cork, so tell us how and why what happened. Okay, so early last week, it was kind of late in the evening, I was in the garage working on my Christmas calendars that are coming out this Christmas and I got a call from a customer, very normal, he was interested in the car I had for sale and he was based in Cork, so I decided to have a virtual viewing with him over the phone, spent about a half an hour with FaceTime showing him the car and I suppose this is what we've gotten used to in the pandemic, are these virtual viewings, this is very normal now, you know, it's not something strange. So that was fine, he loved the car, he saw another car behind me, these are sports cars he was looking at, Neil, and he says, yeah, I'm happy with the two of them. What was he I'm looking at? What sports car? Do you mind? I'm just nosing. They're BMW, two BMW M4s, so they are in the range of the two of them costing €150,000, you know. But and you, you, again, hold a ca- you hold a live camera up and you go walk around the car with him watching and you could go into the interior and check the engine, tyres, everything. Is that what you do? Exactly. It's a virtual viewing. We did so many of them during the pandemic, so we got used to doing these. Like, I've sold these types of cars before without even a customer seeing the car and getting them delivered out to their house. Wow. So it does happen. How, however rare it does happen and I'll be honest with you Neil it was a quiet couple of weeks and you know you, you sort of you, you're, you're hopeful you know if you're not positive in this game you've lost it yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so anyway he that was fine he got on to me and said yeah want to buy the cars I was speaking back and forth to him I sent him the bank details following day he sent me a screenshot from AIB I'm AIB so it, it was it was it looked perfect looking at it initially but as I looked closer at the transfer there was a couple of things that didn't look right for example the format didn't look great um, they, there was a euro currency there that wasn't supposed to be there so I was looking at it but then again I said well look maybe his, his phone is different so I wasn't really uh, you know vigilant at that point a couple of days had gone by and the money still wasn't in my account which I thought was odd because these things are quite you know straightforward yeah. I asked him about it he says no it's all sent from my side and then that's kind of when my security got heightened he had also sent me a photo of his passport which matched who he was online and it matched who he was who I was talking to so a, lo- a lot of things was, was right with what this guy was saying but then it didn't transpire so that's why you know I'm, I'm saying keep your guard up it's not someone who's just walking off the street this could be somebody who is who they are online and when was he due to collect the two cars? So he was due, he'd done the transfer earlier in the week and he, he kept telling me, look, can I come up and collect the cars? I said, well, look, we kind of need the money to hit the account, but let me see what I can do. Because at this stage, you know, I thought, you know, maybe there is some truth to this. So I was trying to kind of do the best I could. And then he was saying to me, look, can you get them delivered? So I was asking, well, what address do you want them to get them delivered at? He sent me address. We took a closer look at this and the house was actually up for sale online. Um, I contacted the auctioneer. I went a little bit further with my investigation and I found out it transpired that the house was sold and it wasn't to this gentleman. So that's when the red flag really started okay. going up. Was that a cork house then, as well, yeah? 
it was a court house, yeah. In right. He okay. then got on to me and said, look, I'm coming up to collect the cars. And I said, look, I, we can't let these cars go out till the, the funds hit the account. And it has been in the, past that co- in the past that customers do get a little bit annoyed with you, the dealer, when they have sent a transfer and it's taken a couple of days and you don't let the car out. But this is just an example to... But you can't let a car out. I mean, you can't let 150 grand's worth of stock go out when the money no, hasn't hit the bank. You can't. It's like walking out of a shop and not paying for something. Exactly, but look, sometimes customers say, look, I've sent the money, there's the proof, what more do you want? And they do get a little bit antsy with you if, if, if the bank takes a couple of days. But again, it's just to make everybody aware. I just want to warn other car dealers, other businesses at, at the time, don't just look out for someone who's walking off the street. A little bit of work can be done on this, like he had sent the, the passport. You know, he'd also pa- passed on a couple of names of other garages. That was another thing that made me feel comfortable with him. He said, look, I've dealt with this person before, I've dealt with that person. And that's what he did with my name to, unfortunately, the garage. He did take a car off. Oh, he you know? did get one. So he gave up on you, is it? Because you you, you so clearly stood exactly. your ground. So he, he texted me then on Saturday saying, I'm on the way down to collect the cars. And I just said, no, you're not, until these, these this money hits. He then sent me a really horrible text saying he'd sent the money and how could I treat customers like this? And then the following day, he went to another garage, dropped my name and took a car for a test drive and never came back with the car. But he's been caught this morning. Oh, my God. How was he caught? Uh, I presume the guards, you know, were were he's out in the on the database over the systems and stuff like that. I think there was a couple of trackers on the car as well, and he was caught that way. You down, know, so down he here to, in Cork, is it? Do you think or where? I uh, know he's caught in Mullingar. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, you yeah. have to really have to be on your guard, don't you? Like, would it be? I won't keep because I know you're up the walls, but you you have to not be even careful if somebody's wants. Can I take the car for a test drive and not coming back? Yeah. Absolutely. So in the pandemic, people got used to going on test drives on their own because dealers couldn't go with them. But I, as I say, you just have to be so careful now. Test, don't let them go out. I, in the past, I used to do that myself. I stopped doing that a long time ago. Everybody gets somebody who goes from a test drive. I don't care if they're a 90-year-old granny, there's someone's going with them. And key, keys as well is another thing. Uh, they can swap the keys and that. So just be on your guard. You know, as I said, you, you think it's somebody just walking off the street that you have to be on your guard with but this guy came across really plausible he was an Irish guy he was well spoken he's half of what he was saying checked out online Was he from then, Cork do you think though Nadia? Oh no he was yeah no okay. he was one of the yeah yeah because okay. yeah, no, okay. yeah. I imagine as well they could clone they could clone the key as well couldn't they? They can clone the key. They can, you know, they, you could go in, you could turn around. They could have somebody else waiting behind a car while you turn around and they jump into the car and drive off. There's loads of different things that can happen. But just all you can do is just make sure you don't give it away, you know, as in go with them with the test drive um, and just don't give out the car until the, tra- the money hits your account. And I know it's quiet at the moment, so we can all hope to hope and have our guard down a little bit, but just be very, very careful. Yeah, but it'll be busy again for 2024, won't they? People buying pre you know, I mean, is it electric they're buying yeah, now? Yeah, January. No, to be fair, Neil, electric sales have come down quite a bit. And um, the electric car market's down a lot in Ireland at the moment. There's a lot more online. You know, a lot of people are switching back to petrol and diesel, believe it or not. 
I see you've got a Maserati diesel there for just under 30 grand. That's a beast of a machine. Come here, Neil. Get on to me after this and I'll do you a good deal, all right? But come here, you have to look. I have my Christmas calendar coming out um, this week and you follow me on TikTok. I have 160,000. You have a massive presence on Facebook and TikTok and social. Fair play to you. Good luck with all of that. Stay in touch. Take care, Nadia. Well done, well done. You seem to be so on your guard in every single way these days, don't you? That's uh, Nadia Adan from Ashford uh, Motors in County Wicklow. Uh, text 0868104106. Anyway, the statement from, and that's kind of a, a cork swindler story for if you like, but caught by the guard as you're going to be interested to see if that one is prosecutable, prosecutable even and what happens. So I paraphrase much of the, the um, response here, the old yellow um, um, post, the old yellow highlighter comes handy. Um, I'll do it after the break. Just some of the responses from Irish Water. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. Right, Javi, we've got a page and a half response from uh, Irish Water with regards to our queries and went back to them then and said, thanks for the statement. It's quite long and we be very difficult to read all that out on the air. Would you have a sp- spokesperson available to speak to us instead and we can chat through it? because an awful lot of people are affected um, and we didn't get a response to that. Instead, what Irish Water sent us back then the second time was bullet points. Instead, more concise points, um, as we call them, bullet points. But I've already done some highlighting, so no spokesperson, apparently. uh, Nobody um, wants to talk, issue statements and what have you. Uh, So I've done a little bit of highlighting on the lengthier one anyway. And they're saying, this is pretty much what Irish Water is saying with regards to the state of Cork Water. When dealing with an aged or aged network as we have in Cork City there'll be a small number of discoloration issues. Now this is going to some of these words will annoy people. A small number of discoloration issues. There's 600 kilometres of water mains in Cork City and up to 70% of them are made from cast iron cast iron pipework. Some of it's in the 1960s, some of it back to the 1930s and some are over 100 years old. So they're aged and they're deteriorating as in the pipes, and they're prone to bursting and to leaking. And when this happens, particularly the old cast iron, I'm interested to hear that it's cast iron and not lead, which at least is some consolation. Um, they never mention the word lead in any of this statement. Anyway, they, they, they do suffer from bursts and leaks. So then sediment becomes dislodged when they're repairing or doing maintenance work. And uh, most of the time, the drinking water passes over the sediment unchanged, but sometimes it can be carried through the sediment into the customer's taps, etc., etc., and it discolours the water supply. All right? Um, The issue of discoloration is a national issue, and there's no easy solution. So um, then they say, we've done flushing work in the past, and we continue to do flushing work, and... uh, these issues with the colour of the water is impacting a small number of customers in Cork City. You could have fooled me on that one. So flushing was carried out in Mayfield, three weeks, flushing in the Mayfield area in October. In November, flushing is going on in Farnree and Grana Braher. Um, customers will see increased discoloration while flushing is ongoing because they're trying to clear the sediment from the pipework. They said they spent over 100 million in infrastructure costs on different projects, um, and people will see the long term benefit of this on Leaside, and it will enable the community, when all of the work is done, to thrive. Um, then they go on to say seasonal changes and the weather also can impact, um, and it can lead to sub zero temperatures, 
which will cause more pipes to burst and you will see a slight increase in instances of discoloration again. Now, I have to say, I think that's playing it way, way down. It, this is not slight discoloration because you guys are sending me videos of the colour of your water all over the city, um, both sides of the river. Um, and it's far from just slight discoloration. Um, nowhere in that, though, was it referenced, and I'll have to go back now and ask them to respond to the point that was made by an Irish water worker who said that uh, when Irish water joined the new water main to the old existing water main, which would supply most of Cork City, and started to pump the water through, they noticed the water was hard and they had to soften it and they added chemicals, but they added too much. And as a result, the chemical got into the old water mains and it stripped all the rust and all the gunk gunk off the old mains. And the rust and the gunk could only go one way, into the water system and into people's taps. So I'm going to take that paragraph, if you like, and ask them to comment on that with regards to putting too much chemical into the water to soften it and that led to all sorts of stuff being dislodged and we'll have to wait and see how they respond to that. So that's what I have so far from Irish Water. It's like playing ping pong or tennis back and forth. Statement, statement, statement. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? When we, uh, when we had the protests, just to remind people, in 2014, was it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, what were they about? Well, they were about water charges at the time, yeah. installing water meters, which they spent 80 million on consultants. They spent millions more on installing water meters, which were never activated, right? If they put their money into the infrastructure at the time, right, we wouldn't be where we are now. They're way behind here. And that's not the people's fault. That's the people that we elect to run this country and the city councils. If you notice one thing this morning, you just said it there now, you, you cannot get a spokesperson for Irish Water. The question I'm asking is, why? You could get somebody from the council no bother to comment on this. But if you notice the elephant in the room, no councillors come on here this morning. There's nothing issue from Cox City Council. Why? Because they blame Irish water, that's why. Well, you see, this is it. This is why we told people at the time it was like Tim's water across the way, which is now after being brought back by the government, which was privatised and shareholders in it. And the infrastructure was destroyed. Raw sewer is pouring into the seas, right? The agenda was the same here now. It hasn't changed. That's why you can't get a spokesperson, right? Because this has been treated like a private company. The whole agenda down along the line is to privatise the water. But if, I be, if I'm to believe what an Irish water worker is telling me, um, then... Irish water themselves are not telling me the whole story. They're not, because they're in our area at the moment, no. And there's, there, there, okay. there, there's um, forces gone up in all the windows now here, because they've filled in the main pipe, a new pipe connected up. We have no problem with that. No the city would have a problem with that now, right? But what they're also have to know that they're putting in boundary boxes, which would meters will be in some, but they will be all meter ready. There is no need to do that. We now have signs up in the window saying, all this water, service and agents, no meter, no box wanted here, no means no, do not knock at this door, I do not want a meter. But you're not, te- are you telling me that they're trying to install water meters again to measure the amount of water in each person's home? 
Yeah, yeah. What they're doing at the moment with the, the new boxes they're putting in, they're meat already. So we say they're putting all the boxes in, in my road now. We say, all right, one man can come in, it takes about three minutes to put in the meter, just to put it in. One individual can do my road in about an hour. This is what are charges by the back door, and we are not having it. They won't bring in the charges needed before the next election because it would be suicide. But this is the groundwork that has been done now, and they are now telling the residents in my road that if you now don't take the box, okay. that's meter I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware of that. But the the, the age old question here, though, is uh, it's a utility. Should it not be paid for by people? We're already paying for the road taxation. We've been paying for years over the road tax and the general taxation. I mean, no, no, that tax is for the roads and the maintenance of the roads. No, and no, the, and the motor tax then is for the environment and carbon no, there's emissions. A, there's, a potential, uh, there, there's a percentage of your road tax and the general taxation going into this. No, it's not all fault, Neil. It's not the good people of Cork or the people of Ireland, right? That messed up here. Like, this has been neglected for years. And the agenda is still there. And I would tell people, listen to the, what I'm saying. Privatisation. They want it. Why do you think that they took all the infrastructure away from Cork City Council? We now have no control. It's so, Irish water. So why, why then aren't people protesting again if they're continuing to put in metres? Because this has only started in the last week or two, like, and we've told the engineers now they are not installing those boxes that are meters already. We are not going down this road again. Like. They are never going to uh, put water meters in. We are not going to pay for our water. We have enough bills coming in the door between gas and electricity, team people, mortgage, winds, trying to run cars. You heard of the new one this morning, five years of PRSI hikes because the kitty is running dry. Is it any wonder it is? It's amazing, isn't it, all of a sudden? Look, I mean, we have billions from, from corporation tax, but all of a sudden, we seem to have nothing. I mean, I just don't get this thing. No. I really don't like it. Okay. Okay. And also what they're doing before I go, they also want to bring... This, this, this is the, the whole. Uh, I mean, they're just like a, a bunch of amateurs. They want to bring billions of litres of water up from the Partine Well, which is taking water out of the Shannon, right? Pump it up to Dublin, right? To put it into pipes that are already leaking hundreds of thousands a day of water into the ground. What kind of madness is that? They don't want to bring, dig up the streets to upset the businesses and, and the Dublin area, right? So instead, they spend millions more bringing it up from Limerick and leaking it back into the ground again. Okay, well, what we're dealing with on Lee's side is must be absolutely infuriating and frustrating and making people very angry. Right. As I say, look, the, Wrong the, water. Reason you can, the reason you can't get a person on this morning there, the spectre of privatisation is still out there. The Irish water should have no problem. You couldn't keep them off the air before. This one, Elizabeth Arnest, she was a spokesman. All right, well, let's not personalise it. People have jobs to do and that would have been well, the... No, that would have been, no, no I know that, but in fairness, there. though, if you've got a job to yeah. do and you're representing a company, yeah. you should be allowed no, to no, do so. The point, the point you couldn't keep them off the radio before spokespeople for Irish water. No, you can't get them on the radio. Okay, thanks John. As always, uh, this is um, far from um, a limited number of customers. I'm not sure what term they use to, to describe it. What do they say? Impacting a small number of customers is far from that. Maybe Irish water aren't aware that it's far from that. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 Red FM. Just a few bits. Somebody is suggesting also that you can't that there would be an alert for you if somebody sends you a screenshot to prove that they have uh, sent money or transferred it. They're saying you can't screenshot AIB online banking. Well, you can't maybe screenshot it, but you can take a photograph of the screen with your phone kind of a thing, and that's what they'd send on, I suppose. And then I was talking yesterday. This was just on a personal note, and I saw other people's agreeing with me. I was making the point that the dearer the dishwasher 
And the dearer the tumble dryer, the worse they are, the more useless they are. The dearer they are, the worse they are. Somebody was saying, I bought a dehumidifier instead. I turn it on at night and the clothes are dry in the morning. It cost €199. No need for a tumble dryer, just a dehumidifier. And then we're talking about privatisation. Interesting point here. Maybe Cork City Councils after being privatised, unbeknown to the rest of us, because nothing else makes sense. I've sent over 20 emails to housing and I've gotten not one reply. Yet they say they're public servants, which they are, and they're to accommodate the public, which they should. On top of that, they hide their emails online, making it virtually impossible for people to get in contact. It's deflating and disrespectful and they're stopping communication with the public. That's why I ask... Has it happened? And I wasn't aware that Cork City Council has been privatised because that would explain their unresponsive behaviour. Can your listeners shed light on this matter? Can't go on air. You're suggesting that if it's privatised, that's when really bad customer service happens, is it? And then um, Santigate and the controversy attached to Santigate. Neil, don't you worry about them. Say whatever you want. Never mind them. Love heart, love heart, love heart. You're dead right, Neil, to say Santi. Always has been, always will be Santi Claus to me. Neil, I'm 78 and it's Santi. Please, please keep the tradition going. What I'm endeavouring to do is to call it Santi every time I'm talking about Santi Claus and Santa whenever anybody actually types the word in a text, Santa. But you see, I'm being accused of constantly changing it. But you know words that annoy people. Santi is one of them, it seems. Other ones then, there's the top ten out. You might have heard it in the news earlier on. The most annoying words and phrases and saying that people's, people use. The number one, apparently, in a recent survey is amazeballs. That's just amazeballs. Another one then is hollybobs. A third is awesomeness. Who actually says that? Lols, I think it's quite nice. It's kind of cute, having the lols. Bants is another one that drives people berserk, as in banter. Nom, 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 nom. Is that when you're eating your dinner that annoys people? If you do that when you're having dinner, might be a compliment to the food, but it annoys people. Totes is a word that I use. And every time I use it, I say, why do you use that? It's awful. And sometimes I've found myself texting the word. Somebody says, will you do this? I'm texting T-O-T-E-S and nine times out of ten I'll delete it. But sometimes I have said it. Dindins is another one. And um, Crimbo, which is an awful name for Christmas. Crimbo. It's right up there with St. Paddy's Day. Am I missing any that annoy you? Text 0868104106 and we're back after 11. Now... Show. Red FM. Day three of our giveaways with Celtic Interiors. We will be playing Talk on a Topic at about uh, quarter to ten to midday today. I'll take three callers on air. You'll get 30 seconds each. We'll start the clock. I'll just check the clock is good to go. And see if it's all right. Yeah, there it is. So you get 30 seconds to talk on a topic of my choosing with no deviation, no repetition, no ums, no ahs, no pauses. And whoever does it best within 30 seconds wins the daily prize. And that is a deluxe hamper containing sweets, chocolates, wine, uh, interior aprons, bespoke handmade Celtic interior coasters and chopping boards. It's a lovely big deluxe hamper. And on Friday, somebody will win €2,000 worth of spend in Celtic interiors. It's your chance uh, to win big. So make sure you're listening when I open the phone lines round about uh, a quarter to midday. All right, so for all other business, pick up the phone 0818104106, text 0868104106. Um, can I just acknowledge all of the Irish water texts? Um, there 
there are reams and reams of them. I won't get an opportunity to read them all out, um, but many of them are talking about filthy water, north and south side. Um, mind you, uh, a way around this is a texter who suggests people should pay for their own water. My well cost me €5,000 to bore and I had to put in a €3,000 filter system myself. I now pay €500 a year to service it. You get nothing for nothing. Love the show. So it was an an original cost to you of €8,000 and €500 to uh, service it every year because you're not connected to a mains system. You're probably in the country, I'd imagine, and I suppose that is the difference. So lots then on different parts uh, of the city. Um, but one is, a, I've been a, a water service worker in Cork for 25 years. Since Irish Water took control of water services and the local authorities, things have gone seriously downhill. This is another worker. They never listen to the workers on the ground who have the expert knowledge of our water infrastructure. Bear in mind now this person's 25 years working on water in Cork. They have people in managerial positions who really don't actually know what's happening on the ground. Also, and maybe underground as well, also the amount of money they are wasting by engaging outside contractors instead of local ones who actually know what they're doing is frightening. As always, please do not give out my details. That's from an Irish water services worker. And there's another one. I'm an ex-city council employee. If I remember correctly, the water on the south side is piped in from the county, but the north side water came from the reservoir on the Lee Road. Going back years, there was a big freeze, you might remember, and the north side lost their water, but the south side didn't. This time round, actually, there's not as many areas of the south side affected by the shocking water, but there is a portion of them. And many people suggesting good luck trying to get somebody on the phone with Irish water. They're paid big bucks, but they never speak to anybody. Uh, and then total disrespect. I'm glad we stood up to them and refused to pay for water charges, um, says Maria. And their silence this morning is another reason for that. Um, there are other topics on, of conversation as well. A lot to do with, um, you know zebra crossings and pedestrian crossings and using the green man and what have you spoke about the Mahan Point zebra crossing, very careful there please there is another one the crossing by Douglas Court is lethal across from KFC I don't know how anybody has been killed there with the speed of drivers approaching it, it's crazy and in daylight of course there can be rather ineffective because you know the light doesn't have any role to play in it, you know the yellow light during the day. So you kind of need as a motorist, you kind of need to know that it's there. And it's happened to me in the past actually. To be, if I'm to be absolutely honest I've had one or two frights there myself and it's one that I use every single day. Um, and then people on weight gain. I hate this term that people use. It's hard to be overweight. It's actually quite easy to be overweight but it's hard to lose it again. Sitting on your ass, stuffing your face is easy. Getting up and trying to be healthy is hard, man. It's hard. And another one here. When my husband's sister heard I was pregnant, her first words were, imagine how fat you will get now. Isn't that the most awful thing to say? And two or three more on this ahead of the ad break. If you're overweight and getting comments that upset you, use your weight and deck the skinny gobshite, says Paddy. <laughs> Cut out sugar. Solve all your problems, says somebody else. And this one, with regards to the partner who... Um, is unhappy with his partner's weight. She's put on too much weight, doesn't find her attractive. Would someone leave their partner if they're overweight? Sure, everyone would like be like Twiggy, 
but we're not. We come in all shapes and sizes. Weight is hurtful to anyone who tries to lose it, and it's hard to lose it, as everyone knows. Um, oh, she doesn't turn him on anymore. I'd say he has other ideas in his head. I'd let him go, because the grass is never greener on the other side, and he'll soon see that. Um, I think the one big comment that we got from that over the past few days is dump him like radioactive waste. The voice of Cork, Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday, Cork's Red FM. All right, talking about the terms or the words that are uh, the phrases that annoy people. I'll talk to Martin in a second. Thank you for that. We've got an awful lot more here. Um, and this is from Reddit. Um, what freaks people out? I gave you the top 10 earlier on. Totes is in there, obviously. Literally, people you overuse the word literally. They literally use the word way too often. <laughs> Um, another one, totes, preggers, twerk, moving forward, which they probably say off. You probably come across that kind of a buzzword in the workforce, don't you? Particularly at, at power meetings where people get together in a boardroom. Oh, God. You know, all those kind of words like that. Um, uh, one or two more. Uh, YOLO. I like that, actually. I like YOLO. You like that one, Claire? I like YOLO. Yeah, um, no. Friend zone. I don't understand that one. Bromance is one. I don't mind bromance. Okay. Bromance is kind of okay. Totes my goats. Oh, God, stop. I think that's cool. Um, I think that's kind of cool. You think it's cool to say totes my goats? Yeah. Totes my goats is now a cool phrase. Yeah, because it's like, do 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 you like it? Do you want it? Totes my goats, I do. I've never used it. I've seen it for the first time, but sounds, I intend to use it. Sounds actually. like something in like an American Irish postcard film, you know? Like totes my goats, sure. Won't we go up and have a fight again? Is oh, sure, to totes be sure, to be sure. Um, one or two more here. There's many of them, but some of them do nothing for me. Oh, no. um, the, when when women say, "As a mother myself," as a mother, yeah, there's a very good um, the comedian, American comedian, did a thing about Rosie O'Donnell being on the Today Show and saying, "As a mother," yeah. I think it's actually Bill Bailey. And um, he does a whole thing about like just because you've said as a mother, it doesn't mean that you. No, it means you're free. Quali- no, you are yeah. qualified <laughs> then to say anything. Anything, yeah. Okay. Another one here. Uh, it was the best ever. Yeah, that doesn't annoy me as much as some of the other ones. Amaze balls really gets under my skin. Really, like really, if somebody says amaze balls to me in public, I will, I will publicly shame them for saying that. There's one here because this obviously is something that we use all of the time in Cork. We use, we overuse the word like. I hope that never changes because yeah. it's part of Cork parlance. Like, uh, but what really is very annoying, I don't see it on the list at all, and I, I, I crucify myself every time I do it. Starting a sentence with the word so. Really? Yeah. So, so there you go now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't mind that. So, so. I went out and I bought this or so I was watching this on television last night or no, I love so I says to him I says that's my favourite phrase of all time so I says to him I says come here now <laughs> I love that some of the ones on the top 10 list oh my blood pressure was just rising listening to like it. which one? Oh, like there's amazeballs hollybops Oh, holly bops going away in my holly bops you're going away in your holidays it's actually right? holly bobs holly bops <laughs> my apologies you gotta get it right, <laughs> gotta get it right. you gotta yeah. get it wrong get it right yeah, yeah maybe holly bops is uh, it's a new song for All Christmas right. uh, okay. album I just uh, just say the norm like what annoys me I, I can understand when you have a word and you shorten it it's like a very long word and you shorten it to me but when your when your slang word for something is actually longer than the word it's replacing you're actually making but the English it less language is always changing you know it oh, really and truly is if you look at uh, Shakespearean English by comparison to now it's a completely different language entirely it it is totes my goats (laughs) back to the phone lines we go here's a cracking story for you apart from the fact that it's not for the family involved in it but Martin good morning 
Good morning, Neil. Now, your daughter is uh, 17 years old. Am I, am I allowed to give out her name or where are we at with that? Yeah, it's just the first thing. That's fine. Pardon me? That's the first name. That's fine. Okay, yeah. so Kira yeah. got herself a, a pay-as-you-go phone. So she comes and she gets, she gets a, a SIM card. She puts in the SIM into the phone and she got it from Vodafone a couple of weeks ago and she got herself a number. Yes. Okay, what happened next? It's... Yeah, I tell you, it's a package. Um, it's, you know, the way you have this 20 euro package every month, which gives you the call and, and internet. Or, so that's the package she got. I have a, I have a package yeah, like yeah, that. It yeah. costs me 20 yeah. euro a month. It's a SIM euros, that goes yeah. into my car. Yeah, and right, and yeah. when I'm not quite sure how it works. Um, yeah. do, you know, do, do, you, yeah. do you have 20 euro worth of calls or did you have unlimited yeah. calls for 30 days? I don't know, but I but, know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, for 30 days and then you, they, it's charged then so if you give them an account or whatever. But anyway... So, I'm also just to correct um, something there you say. I mean, like the guy in the shop actually inserted the SIM into the. So he put the and, SIM and card the, in, and away he you put go. The SIM card in, yeah. and okay. away she went. All right. But behold, we have been getting. I don't know if you saw the videos I sent with all the calls. I sent in a video on WhatsApp too with all the missed calls, with all the calls. Like, now, we haven't seen that and people are shaking their heads here, so I'll take your word yeah, for it. It's, it's, it's in, a, in your WhatsApp. Uh, the number she part. has is the contact number for Vodafone customer care. Yes, apparently. So I'll tell you even what is more scarier is even last week Friday, an elderly person rang that number and insisting on giving their credit card details saying they don't know how to online to make, you know, the pay, like their payments have changed. So they want to give their credit cards and details so they can apply it for them. Okay, but Kira is saying to them, I'm not Vodafone customer care. Yeah, yeah, she kept on going, I'm not Vodafone. And then that's when she came to like, this is what's happened. There's so much calls coming in. So I took the phone from her. Oh I don't I'm, seeing, I'm, seeing all of the, I'm seeing all of them yeah. now. There are yeah. like... Yeah. Hundreds of missed calls. And did you see the one to tell you how many voice messages on the on on there? We've not listened to it. We've not talked to it. Talk. I took I took the phone away from her. You know. And so this is morning, all day, every day, is it? Every day, even after I I spoke to um, um, one of your staff yesterday, it kept it's still going. I see it's one here. There's just one particular time of the day. I don't know how after how long it took. Twenty seven new voice messages. Yeah, twenty seven, that's the max. And it's telling me it, it's the max it's filled up at the moment. You need to delete or once it's listened to, I think it gets deleted and then they can take more. And, at the moment, and what are and, and, and so when people call, what does she say to the people? Um, in, initially like they go was oh, this Vodafone uh is this Vodafone shop and um, uh, the one by um the post office and she goes, No, this is my number. Initially she thought Maybe it was a prank, but when he kept on, then she came and told me, and I just said, you know what, give me the phone. And one of my missus actually did phone and go the phone. And the only reason we've not gone into, would have walked into Vodafone ourselves, we don't, we no longer live in Cork, you see. So, and we phoned Vodafone to let them know, this is the situation. The first person said to call you back, and then the, um, the second person goes. They were actually astonished. It's like, where did you get this number? This is supposed to be um, and customer care. I like it was given from the shop, and they put them on hold. How can they put and a SIM card into a I phone have, that has? I, is it the shop's number that they gave her? It's, it's, it appears it's supposed to be for the shop. So, so I have no how that mistake has been made. And the last one, uh, uh, the last person 
who kept on, who kept us on hold because we were at this stage of trying to like, look, this is breach of GDPR. This is, I mean, like, like I don't know where I'm this, at, at this stage, I'm at my which end. Like, it keeps on going on. And I mean, like, it's like, people, this is how people get scammed. Like, if I was a scammer, just imagine taking people's details, bank details, or card details, and then using it off. Absolutely, you know? if it was in the hands of, if that number was in the hands of the wrong person, they could make yeah, an awful I, lot of money off actually, pe- They'd get people's yeah. credit card details, debit card details, they get their PIN yeah. number, they get their CVS number on the back and everything. Yeah, I, and I actually was able to speak to one of the person, like, the number kept ringing at the stage, I thought maybe it was maybe was someone from the station ringing, because it was the same number calling again, like, you hang up and call again, so I just said, oh, you know what, I'll answer and answer, and then it was this lady, and I had to explain to her, the ones that were answered, I always explained to them, so look, listen, this is the situation, we've rang with the phone, they're supposed to rectify this issue, but it seems to be ongoing. Like the um, and then I explained to the lady. I'm like, by the way, like, how do you get this number? Do you get the exact this number? And she said, no. What happens is like she she went on Google, she googled uh, customer service or whatever on, and, and the number she found there when she ranks the number, by the time they tell you press one, two, or three, she pressed five or whatever. And that brings that to this number. So, you know what? You know? What are people ringing initially? Is it like the little four? Is it the four number? The one, two, three, four I mean, numbers? I don't know. I don't know. It said it's the number. They Google. Um, they said, what did they do? They Googled uh, um, the shop number or whatever online. And then when they ring the number, it gives them an option on what, why you're calling. And then you have to pick the option. And then it starts ringing on our phone. And you know all the people that are calling, hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds, what, yeah. are, they, are they all having problems or something or do they want to they, top up like or the what? Ones, the, like the ones I have, the ones I have, and uh, the one I eventually picked up because eventually we just left the phone there and it was just ringing, you see the missed calls. And the ones we answered, the ones I didn't answer, it was like, uh, oh, like I've had the one who wants to buy uh, the, more, the most recent, the modern uh, Samsung phones. And the ones that want to get uh, the iPhone for Christmas, I wanted to know if I have it in stock, you know. So if I was a scammer, I'd say, yes, I can reserve that for you now. Give me your credit card. They want to keep it for Christmas. They wanted the reservation. Yeah, that's it. If I had wanted to, if if, if it's something, if I was a scammer, that's how I get people's details, you know. And the following thing was the promise of the person from Vodafone who said, okay, you know what you do now? Switch the phone for a certain hours. And what I'll do at my end, I'll deactivate it. And then after uh, after 24 hours, switch it back on, and it will be all resolved. And that we did, and it never got resolved. And that's why I had to send the message to to Reddit for my Oh no, we're very, we're very happy. I'm quite sure Seamus possibly is already on to Vodafone to ask him to fix it because it's obviously yes. frying your brain. I can well imagine. But it also, yeah. it's it's a disservice to customers who genuinely are trying to get in touch and they're actually getting your daughter on the end of the phone. Yeah. Like she just doesn't, yeah. she shouldn't have to put up with any of that. You're not in Cork anymore, so you can't walk in. You yeah, can, yeah, and that's the one thing. She was like, I mean, one of the guys was like, "Could you walk into the shop?" You know. I was like, we're no longer in Cork. Like, but are they dialing? You, are they dialing a one? Are they dialing a one nine zero seven, or are they dialing an O two one number? I mean, honestly, that's one uh, one answer I can't give. All right, okay. I asked the lady, the lady I asked the last one I spoke to yesterday. I said, please, can you actually tell me what number are you dialing? I mean, like how you said, oh, I googled the uh, the shop's number. And the number I found on Google, that's what I rang. He said, oh, maybe that's the said. And then when she rang the number. There is there are options for you to pick one two three four and five and then she picks that she she and how one was five and he just brought her to 
and started ringing on on our end. Yeah, I know. And that's when I answered it, you know. Yeah. yeah and, and that was it. <laughs> this is 1907. Yeah. This is the regular one. It's not happening for me anyway. 1907. That should ring, shouldn't it? Yeah. Doesn't seem to be. No, that could be as much to do with my desk as anything else. It should ring one nine zero seven. It's the Vodafone number, free phone number. Um, I'm just, yeah. I'm just curious as to what I'm just thinking. I'm just trying to find out if I can actually call yeah, Kira. Exactly. I mean, like, I mean, I, I have no clue. Okay. Like, our number is uh, a definite zero eight seven number that we're giving tomorrow. Yeah, it's an zero eight, it's an zero eight seven number. She has. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's one of the more bizarre ones I've heard now that she's become. She needs to be charging Vodafone for her time, actually. Actually, she's been I on mean, the like, clock there like, for how, I mean, how long? Okay. Two weeks, is it? She's been helping for two weeks. She's owed two <laughs> weeks' wages by Vodafone. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, like, I mean, no, but seriously, if I, like, I mean, like, at this stage, would Vodafone do the honesty of open disclosure and report themselves to the GDPR uh, for a breach of GDPR? Would they do that? Or do they want me to go do that? Oh, chalk you know? it down all day long. Yeah. It is yeah. a GDPR yeah. issue. It certainly is. Yeah. All right, well, look, let's see what they have to say on the matter. I've been intrigued myself okay. as to what explanation they can give. I'll be back to you, Martin, all right? All right, no worries. Take yeah. care. Okay, cheers Take to you and Kira. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Corks Red FM. Uh, phrases that annoy you. I've been drilling into loads of them. Uh, my sis gets upset when I call potatoes poppies. I wonder does your sis get upset when you call your sister sis. Um, the word bud wrecks my head. Not sure when that became the norm to address somebody as bud but everybody's bud these days, says Kieran. No bothers. This is another one. No bothers. Fundamentally, a word that drives me crazy, used way too often, particularly by Michal Martin. Another one here. The one word that bugs me is amazing. Nothing or no one is any good unless it or they are amazing, says Margaret. Beautifully crafted, grammatically correct statement and sentence there, Margaret. Well done. Uh, morning, Neil. Regarding annoying words, I love the really cork words, says she, says he, instead of she said or he said, says Anthony. It's beautiful cork colloquialism, isn't it? Says she and says she, says he. Um, there's other ones then, of course, um, but they're more like mammyisms as opposed to annoying words. But they're kind of in this, they're kind of related in the sense that many of the mammyisms were. Uh, annoying or, or maybe not actually the more I'm thinking about it maybe they were just beautiful things that we remember of our own mothers um, like you could say you could, have, you could say these, these words these four words in two completely different ways you could say what did you say or you could say it as a mother would say it what did you say takes on a completely different meaning when you put it like that or because I said so um, there are others um, like if someone asked you to jump off a cliff, would you? What did your last slave die of? You'll take someone's eye out with that. With what, like? Uh, it'll all end in tears. That's a beaut. Another one. Close the door. You weren't born in a barn. Don't sit, don't sit too close to the television. You'll get square eyes. Um, there is no such word as can't. Who is she? The cat's mother. Uh, are the dafter ones like carrots make you see in the dark or eating the crusts of your bread you get curly hair you never wanted to eat the crusts of bread when you were a child right but now of course it's the best part when you're an adult crusty bread can't get enough of it 
Cuthbert's crusty bread. Uh, don't make that face. If the wind changes, you'll stay like that. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. And another one then. We spoke earlier on this morning about as a mother myself. There is one here. Back in my day, because everything was shiny in the garden back in my day. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106 and we'll come back to them and read out another, as we say in Cork, langer load of them. <laughs> anyway, seriously, one thing having brown water is another thing entirely having no water. D, good morning. Good morning, Neil. No water up in Farna, no? I'm living in Furby Crescent in Farnley. Now, I did have cold water this morning. What colour no is it? What colour is it? It's white. Uh-huh. I have no problem with brown water. Thanks be to God. Okay, so you're getting decent water, but at the moment you're getting nothing at all. I'm not getting nothing at all at the moment. Right. And did you get well, any notice wondering. or was any notice or warning or anything like that? No, I haven't heard anything. Right. Okay. All right. I don't know. This is a bad day for Irish water in the state of Irish water. Yes, I, my water up here all along has been clear. Okay. It's not brown, thank you to God, you okay. know. Okay. But um, it did slow down this morning, so it's fine when I got up at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Did you have enough to and boil an egg? Put, did you have enough to boil an egg or put the kettle on? Oh, I had my breakfast. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, you hopefully, know, hope, hopefully it'll be back on for tea or for dinner. Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, I haven't heard anything being announced about it. That's what I'm saying about being the water being cut off. Do you know what I mean? It's a haphazard system, girl. It's haphazard. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind yourself. I hope you got a bit of water in the kettle to boil it for a cup of tea. Brian, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are we? Back in the day, as we used to say. Back in the day when Irish water took over from the councils, what happened? Well, when they took over, the Irish water said that the, the whole infrastructure over the, the previous 30, 40 years had been underfunded. And I get and that as well, in fairness to them, in defence of what they're saying. A lot of our pipe networks over 100 years old, the British were in charge. Yeah. Well, how much of the network are they replacing at the moment? It's not 0.1%. I mean, they really should be replacing the war domains a lot more than what they're doing. So if it's like 0.1%, how long do you think it would take to upgrade all of our network? About 300 years, I'd say. (laughs) Won't be our problem then, pal. (laughs) (laughs) But it's our problem now. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we have brown water and uh, why pipes burst because they're so old and they're not being replaced. I mean, Irish water should have um, have a programme at the moment to fix leaks. What they should have is a programme to replace the old water mains. Here's, I what, mean, here's what I'm hearing from Irish water workers this morning who are quite critical of those that they work for. They say that they don't really know what's happening on the ground, that there are too many um, contractors brought in as opposed to direct employ- employment with Irish water. Uh, they're saying that, um, you know, I read out a few emails from various ones, um, that uh, there was chemicals added to the water, too much of the chemical was put in and it stripped away whatever coating was on the pipes, stuff like that cross-section to comments yeah. like that. Yeah, well, I mean, Irish water are not fit for purpose. They were never set up to be a utility. I mean, Irish water was set up to um, 
either privatise or outsource the water. Like you have your ESPs outsourced and your gas outsourced. You can get your gas or electricity from seven or eight different customers. And that's what Irish Water was set up to do. Mm. So that they would outsource it or privatise it. Like, uh, I don't think they'd ever privatise it like what they did in, in England where they sold it off well, lock, stock and barrel. Well, we're mad, keen, we're mad keen for that carry on. That's exactly what happened when councils used to build homes and houses in the old corporation days. Then it was given over and it was decided let private enterprise do it and it'll be fine. Of course, that proved to be an absolute disaster. I was talking to somebody yesterday who said to me one of the biggest... I'd love people's thoughts on this, yours included. One of the biggest mistakes ever made was allowing people to buy their own corporation and council houses, that it took too much stock out of the system. What, what would you think of that, that people shouldn't have been given an opportunity to buy their own homes? I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if people had an opportunity to buy their corporation house, they should have had it. But it just meant that all of the stock dried up then. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, that's a bit of a fallacy because the houses are still there. The people who bought the houses from the council are living in them. Uh, I mean, if you no, they'd they, well, either live in the house that they bought from the council or they'd hand it on or they'd sell it. Whereas if it was always a council house and you always were a rented tenant, other tenants would move in after you. But I mean, if you, I, I mean, I bought my house off the council many years ago. And we're glad but to I get mean, the opportunity, I'm sure. I was, yes. Because the rent that I was paying at the time was more than what I was paying back in the um, in the mortgage yeah. to the council, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, but I'm still living in the house. The house will be handed on uh, down the line. But when like all I mean, of those council houses were sold, he was saying to me, they weren't replaced. There was no stock coming into the system for others who needed rental properties or to become tenants themselves, because the council sold off lots of them to people who bought them. Yeah, but the idea at the time was like that the council would sell the house, that the money they would get from selling the house there wouldn't have to be as much um, repairs done to the house, that they would build houses with that money. But they but didn't. That never happened. They didn't. They never, they never and that's why he was saying money. to me it was a big mistake. But the council never recycled the money that they got fr- fr- from selling the houses. And also there was less maintenance had to go into houses that were sold. I mean, I defend, I defend anyone who had an opportunity to buy their own home from the council and pay less in a mortgage than they do in rent. Absolutely. Um, but there's got to be a plan B to pick up the slack. But, but you see, the government, various governments and all different use of government over the last 40 years haven't been building houses, uh, local authority houses. I mean, if they had continued, like, I mean, they built grown in the 30s. They built Ballyfiehan. Then you had the big schemes like Knocknahini and Man, but you have none of those now by the council at the moment. They stopped building them around the 80s, maybe the 90s. I mean, that's where the money, the, the council should be given the money. I mean, the council have the land, and you can get, there's loads of builders out there. I mean, when Rome was being built, it was private builders who built the houses, but the council owned them when they were built. And that's what should be happening at the moment. Like that, council should I be agree. giving money. I know. I know, I know. Listen, before you go, I have to remind you, you might have not heard it last week, but I was talking on air about Balancolic. There is a massive big site in Balancolic. It would take 6,000 homes. It has been um, zoned as residential, so housing estates can be built on it. 
It's been sitting there for years. Builders, developers, all sorts of people want to get shovels into the ground. 6,000 homes and it can't be built on because nobody put in the utilities yet. And that is uh, the responsibility of Cork County Council at the time. Sitting on their hands. 6,000 homes. That's just Ballancolic. If we go up to Kilmore Road in Lachnahini at the moment, there's a big house in the state up there. Some of the roofs are on it. Some of them are, are uh, at ground level. And they walked to stop for the last two years. Why? And nobody seems to know why. Why? No one on site? There's nobody on site. The, 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 everybody went off the site about two years ago. And, and is it a private site? No, it's belonged to the council. How many houses? I reckon there's about 100 or 150 houses there. Oh my God, i got to drive up and say that. We'll see that. Where is that? It's next to the, um, the water tower. Can't miss it. And how long is it sitting there unfinished? Two years. So if they restarted that now, having left them for two years, would they be able to finish them or are they too far gone? Would they have to be knocked? No, some of them actually have roofs on them. They're not finished inside, but the roof is on them. Like, so, I mean, they're, they're, um, they're waterproofed and all that kind of stuff. Okay. If you do look at it, like, I mean, next to the water tower, I mean, it, it's... Okay, okay. So we need a we need a we need a councillor to answer that one because they would actually know the reasons as to why it's just sitting there doing nothing, unfinished. The housing estate would you do you say a hundred or a hundred and fifty? About a hundred and fifty houses, a hundred to hundred and fifty houses there. All right. Okay. I'll come back it's to that. I'll big, come back big, to that. Uh, uh, you see the houses at the front, but I mean, there's more houses at the back of them. You know what I mean? It's okay. Just like them. Okay. Let me check on that. Let me check on that. Thanks, Brian. Stay listening. Appreciate it. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six for that and all other business. <laughs> now, I, I, I will lighten it up again in a few minutes' time, but we need to check that, actually. I mean, Ken O'Flynn is the man there, or Ken Collins, or somebody like that, to give an answer as to why it, nothing has been done in an unfinished housing estate in the north side for two years. <sighs> I don't get it. Anyway, listen, phone lines are open now. It's your opportunity to talk on a topic. Here's the deal. I have a list of topics, right, that I will pick, and I will give you one. You need to talk on it then for 30 seconds. The clock will go. Uh, yesterday, we had an awful lot of fun with different ones. We'll, can't tell you what I'm going to give you until you get on the air, but it could be, I like, for instance, 30 seconds on why I don't like Mondays would be a good one. You know what I mean? Things like that. Then you talk on the topic for 30 seconds. So we'll take callers 9, 10, and 11, please, on 0818. 104 106. You get on the air. Whoever does it best in 30 seconds wins the daily prize. Courtesy of ourselves in Celtic Interiors. It is a deluxe hamper of goodies sweets and chocolates and wine. Celtic Interior aprons and handmade interior coasters and chopping boards. It'll look beautiful. Uh, for Christmas morning. We put up the Machia tree last night. I know. Tell me about it. Way too early. What can you do? It's a democracy. So get dialing for that one. And on Friday, someone will win a €2,000 spend in Celtic Interior, St. Patrick's Woolen Mills in Dublin. Douglas, I should say. They're celebrating their 30th wedding and their 30th anniversary. Wedded to the public, I suppose. 30 years in business. And they've got a big open day this coming Friday at their showroom. So get dialing 0818 Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. All the things that mammies say. Colleen says, you want both sides of your bread buttered. And another one was, you can't have your cake and eat it. <laughs> well, you can actually. That was the daftness of that. Uh, there's two missing. Uh, ones, ones I swore I'd never use myself, but I use them all the time. One is, there's great drying out there. <laughs> If it was a dog, it would bite you. 
And the second one referring to looking for something in a drawer or a cupboard and not seeing it, even though it was properly in front of my eyes. If it was a dog, it would bite you. Um, Jackie says her mam used to say... I'll give you a front in the backside if you try that again. Or the threatening behaviour of mammies back in the day. Just wait till I get you home. Just wait until I get you home. What? I mean, there's going to be pain and suffering, I suppose. Uh, It'll all be better before you get married was another thing. And my mother, says Kevin, used to say, what you want and what you're going to get are two different things. He says, I end up saying it to my own kids now. And there's loads more like that. Um, if you don't eat your dinner, you'll get it for breakfast. <laughs> oh my God, keep them going. And then annoying phrases, words, mammyisms and things like that. This one is probably a de- uh, directed at me. It really annoys me when I hear radio presenters saying, can I ask you? Isn't it your job to ask them? Also, when presenters ask a question and the response they get is, absolutely. What happened to the word yes or the word no? I hate when girls describe each other's clothes or hairstyles as massive girl is really massive on you, um, as in brilliant as opposed to enormous. Um, year on year, going forward. Another one, in reference to words that drive you mad, I'm driven crazy by back in the day instead of before or previously. Um, I'm a medical secretary and every office I've ever worked in, the secretaries always say perfect on the phone to everyone about everything. I find it very annoying. <laughs> if that's getting you down, I absolutely detest the word cuz, meaning cousin. For example, when your cousin wishes you a happy birthday and goes, happy birthday cuz, go away like. The word that bugs me is bior, referring, referencing a girlfriend or a wife. Um, and a mammyism for you wait till your father comes home he'll fix you there's another one okay promising pain and suffering so keep them coming uh, there are lots more it'll all come out in the wash you wouldn't do it to an animal the overuse of the word literally and when I used to ask mammy why she'd reply why is a crooked letter I love them, I really do. Anyway, to the phone lines we go, right? Opportunity to win for yourself one of our deluxe hampers from Celtic Interiors and an opportunity on Friday for somebody to win a €2,000 spend in Celtic Interiors. They're creating bespoke, handmade, great quality kitchens all on display at their state-of-the-art showroom in St. Patrick's Woolen Mills in Douglas. 30 years in business. Okay, so let's go to our phone line. I think it's a very brave thing to do, enter a competition like this. You're actually entering a competition and you have no idea where it's going to take you. So well done to everybody. Bernadette standing by, Sarah standing by. First up, Tracy Mackesy and Cove. Tracy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Very brave of you, not having a clue. Just <laughs> jumping into the lion's den. So welcome. Oh, so completely. I have 30 seconds for you, girl. And I know you're going to be massive because you're my Bjor. So 30 seconds <laughs> on uh, a topic of my choosing. The things that drive me crazy. So 30 seconds, please, Tracy, on the things that drive you crazy. And your clock starts now. Right, the things that drive me crazy completely are wouldn't people have no manners. Absolutely no please, thank you, they come up to your till. They stay on the phone, they don't acknowledge you. They assume that you know they're going to tap their credit card. People that don't indicate or they go in the wrong lane at a roundabout and you're trying to get off and they look at you and say, it's your fault. Traffic absolutely drives me insane. The drunk girl around about at the moment should actually be blown up. Anyone that comes up to you and they're talking to this and hello, how are you? And you're there, you try to have a conversation with them and they will go walk away. 
or people that would you put my kids to put the dinner down in front of them they don't eat it and you're looking at them saying I'm just home from work myself I know you're not eating your dinner and I'm exhausted I wish there was a dinner put up in front of me and um, oh my god <laughs> I'm speechless I'm absolutely speechless <laughs> I needed to fit That is incredible. That is just incredible. Do you work behind the till? I never would have guessed. <laughs> behind the till and you're chatting away all day with the customers and chatting to Mary on the next till, reading people, cursing and swearing, giving out about everything. Oh, yeah. That's, that's it, Neil. I'm in a, in a nutshell, kid. Oh... Okay, hang it. That is just oh. awesome. I think that's going to be impossible. Imagine that Sarah and Bernadette probably have hung up. Will we find out? Let's find out. Hang on there. Don't go anywhere. Sarah. Okay. Hello. I don't. I don't even think I should be here now. But thank you for the courtesy of not hanging up. <laughs> I was going to. I was actually going to. I was going to say oh yes. Oh my god! Yes, if I could bottle bag. that, I'd be a millionaire. That was fantastic. Okay, Sarah. I know you can do better. <laughs> Oh God, I don't think so. I know you can do I'm better. Holding out my hope here. Uh, you have thirty too. seconds to beat an incredible performance from Tracy Mackesy, and your chosen topic for thirty seconds is the kindest thing someone has ever done for you. So the kindest thing that was ever done for you. Thirty seconds, and your clock starts now. Okay. Well, the kindest thing that was ever done for me was when my little boy was born. He has special needs. And my aunt set up this amazing GoFundMe because we were trying to build a house at the time and uh, we had run out of money. So she put this GoFundMe together and everyone that we know helped out and we were able to build him the most amazing sensory room and to help out with his bedroom, we were able to get this big, beautiful bed that he cannot escape from anymore. And we also managed to get this massive ball pool. It's very hard to fault that. I think that if anything... There was a slight pause, but other than yeah. that, it, it was it would be impossible to really fault it on any other day. <laughs> on any other day, I think that really Tracy still shades it, Sarah. No disrespect Absolutely. to you and your beautiful yeah, son no. in the sensory room and your gorgeous story. <laughs> But uh, I think she does. Not not today, but maybe tomorrow. But thanks for the call. Regards to you all. It's hard. I mean, it's hard on me. Listen, I have a tough job saying no to people. I really do at the best of times. Bernadette Geary's in Bishopstown. Morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And thank you for having the courtesy of holding on. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, so 30 seconds to be Tracy Mackesy behind the till down in Cove. And your 30-second topic to talk on a topic is fairly straightforward. The last thing you watched on television or the last movie you saw at the cinema. Tell us all about that experience in 30 seconds, please. And your clock starts now. Uh, well, Neil, the last film that I had seen in the cinema would have been actually 2001. And I can remember it for a significant reason because I was blissfully happy because I was expecting my wonderful child, Mary. And it was called Le Moulin Rouge. And it is based, as you know, on a French Parisian cabaret. And it uh, goes back to, I think, the 18, late 1800s the start of the 19th century where there was an aspiring American actor called Christian who went in the hope of being either a poet or a dancer or an aspiring actor to um, Le Moulin Rouge and it's extremely poignant because my daughter Mary she just returned yesterday from the West End 
where she celebrated her 21st birthday there in style. And what did she go to see in the West End? She went to see Le Moulin Rouge, so it was really a happy double occasion for me because it brought back all the wonderful memories of when I was expecting and are my you, daughter And Mary. are you telling me you haven't been to the cinema since then? <laughs> no, I haven't, see, because I've been very busy raising my wonderful daughter who turned 21 there. Are you telling month, me you never I, brought your daughter to the movies or to the pictures? Uh, oh, well, we have been to the movies, but that is the one that I stand out in my memory. Oh, okay. I thought you own. said the last time you went to the, the last, Well, the last time that I had a chance to go um, on my you own. You have before. missed so many films, girl. You In 21 uh, years, you've missed so yeah, many. But you did see a beauty well, in Moulin. I say Rouge, well, you say yeah, Rouge. Yeah, it was extremely poignant for me because... I think it was, you know, for me it brought back, um, you know, it was a throwback to when I was expecting my child. I know. And then I know. Uh, yeah. it was wonderful because it was a double celebration. It was her father's birthday the same day. And then Lovely. she celebrated in style. She went to the Moulin Rouge. It was actually a surprise gift from a wonderful friend of hers. So it was a, just a really happy, joyous occasion. A beautiful story. Well told. Sadly, though, there's a couple of ums and ahs in there, unfortunately, but well able to tell a beautiful story. And I thank you for it, Bernadette. Go to the cinema. Go down to the Omniplex in Maham Point. Go see Napoleon or something like that. But, um, Tracy. Hang on a second. What happened to my phone lines? She was there one minute ago. She maybe just gave up me. Are you there, Tracy? I am. All right. Well done. Well done. I knew it would be hard to beat. Two good efforts. Don't don't be a stranger. I want to talk to you again. I want to talk to you many times. See, Neil, isn't it very lucky, you know, that when my parents were telling me to shut up for five minutes and take a breath, and I didn't. No, no. I think you should take up a job as an underwater diver without any oxygen. Without any oxygen tank. You wouldn't need it. You have, a fi- you have a fine. You have a you have a fine pair on you, Tracy. <laughs> All right, we got a hamper for you. Well done, all right? Thank you so much, Neil. Stay listening, stay listening. Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Joe Nash, the owner of Celtic Interiors, just rang me there, and he wants to give you a hamper as well for your beautiful story regarding your gorgeous son and the sensory room and the beautiful tale you just told. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that lovely? That's absolutely beautiful. Okay, so an extra one. Thank you, Joe. Well done, Sarah and Clonakilty and Tracy and Cove. Congratulations to both, all right? Thank you very much, Neil. Take care. Lines will stay open. Pick up the phone, 0818104106. Text 0868104106. If you have a story to share, you can always email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.